Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast. Normally I say what's up, today I thought I'd take it up to a, you know, a more high, uh, high class level, because okay, our listeners deserve it. Yeah, true. What I said, did you say? <laughs> you weren't even listening to 10 I'm seconds sorry, ago. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> um, I told everybody your credit card details cool. at the start of the episode. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> trying to scam me, guys. There's um, nothing in there. My name is Andrew Levins, and uh, the person whose credit card details you gained at the start of this episode, <laughs> Siobhan Coombs, Hello. everybody. Good um, luck spelling my name. Hot. Yeah, that's that's the hardest part. Yeah. There's, a, there's three Vs in the name, I think. <laughs> um, so uh, this is Serious Issues, what we do every week, is we read all of last week's comics, or most of them. We try and keep up. We, yeah. We, we read between like 40 and 50 a week, and I think that's fine. I like that someone put a list of all the comics that we don't read on the Facebook group, like... Yeah, all right. Come on, guys. We try. <laughs> and they're all comics that we read, you know, a few issues of, and then yeah. we're like, okay, we can't keep up with this book. But no, I mean, I, I think I think what we do on this show is read as many as we possibly can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, we begin every episode uh, by reviewing all the number ones in our segment, First Things First, which we'll get to very, very soon. But first, I just want to let you know that every comic that we talk about in this episode can be found at King's Comics in Sydney. Um, which is 310 Pitt Street in Sydney, if you are ever in Sydney, or you can uh, come through uh, online mm-hmm. um, on, the, uh, on the virtual space. Yep, um, on the dark web. That's no. right, yeah, that's right. And buy, the regular web. Buy the organs of all the King's Comics stuff, <laughs> which they sell on there so they can buy statues. Yep, uh, Jim's King's- organs are in terrible shape. <laughs> Kingscomics.com. Absolutely. Also, guys, brand new offer. For students in store only, high school students only, sorry, university students, you already get enough discounts everywhere. But high school and primary school age students um, get 10% off their entire order at King's Comics. If they come in store, they got to show their student ID though. Online as well? Nope. Nope. In store no, only. no dark web. Sorry, guys. No no 10% off Jim's organs. Yeah. <laughs> Jim's kidneys are full price Ma- only. Make him an offer in store. <laughs> See what he can do. Uh, so yeah, let's begin this episode. Uh, with uh, all of the reviews of last week's number one issues. This is called First Things First. And uh, a big stack of number ones. Uh, some would say too many. Too many. Uh, I think we say that every week. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I don't think everyone has to read all of them. DC have maintained three number ones a week for at least a month now. 
uh, and they did exactly that this week too. Um, and the first comic we're going to review this week is The Terrifics, issue number one, um, which has been written by uh, returning DC writer Jeff Lemire. He's mm-hmm. had a break from uh, DC these last few years, tried his hand at some Marvel books. Uh, he's still doing a lot of great stuff over at Valiant and mm-hmm. obviously Image on his own stuff and the Black Hammer stuff at Dark Horse. But he's, uh, he's back on, uh, on DC books for a while here. Um, and this is his first kind of book that he's that he's writing, um, part of the New Age of Heroes line that DC have uh, proudly uh, presenting to us mm-hmm. with these um, weird, terrible fold-out vertical covers. Very strange. I hate it. And then, I think it's bad. And there's like a poster in the middle of the. I don't. Know, I don't you understand. Can like tear them all up and make yourself a poster. <laughs> Let us know. Have you ever teared up a comic so that you can utilize the posters that? Yeah, does anyone do that with um, like paper, paper girls? girls stuff like that? I can't imagine anyone would do it with paper girls. No. Um, but let us know. Very interested to know. Absolutely. We're at, uh, on Twitter, serious underscore underscore issues, or at Facebook slash group slash serious issues podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Terrifics is yeah, Jeff Lemire's new uh, written book um, with art by Ivan. Do you say Reyes or Rice? I say Rice. Rice. I don't know if that's correct. Rice is nice. It is. Um, and Rice is is nice mm-hmm. on most of this book. Um, we also have um, inks and colors by two other people whose nice. names I'll tell you when I find the, the credit information in this issue. But the Terrifics... It's colored by Mar- Marcelo Maiola, Maiolo mm-hmm. and Joe Prado on inks. Thank you for that. You're very welcome. Um, so this is, uh, you know, we, we've kind of made... Uh, it's no secret that these books are kind of channeling a lot of classic Marvel books. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is their take on a Fantastic Four book. Mm-hmm. And people are already speculating that Jeff Lemire left Marvel because he pitched it as a Fantastic Four book. And they were like, hell no. And that was like one of the reasons yeah, why yeah. He, he is no longer writing for Marvel. Um, so maybe this this is kind of what he was going to do for Fantastic Four, and he's doing it with his own Fantastic Four, aka the Terrifics, which is made up of Mister Terrific, um, Metamorpho, Plastic Man, and then a random girl who can go invisible, <laughs> who they, ma- they meet on an alien planet. She's uh, what's her name? She's like a Legionnaire, right? Phantom Phantom Lass or something. Phantom Girl, probably. Phantom Girl, probably. <laughs> I do. Slightly- so wait, so this isn't this is a pre-existing character, right? Yeah. Oh, right, but making well, her like return to updated version of a pre-existing character, sure, or a new version of a pre-existing character, something like that. Hey, that's fine. That's fine by me. I slightly wish that they'd um, gone away from the. And then there's the girl member of the exactly. team and had it, you know, there could have been two girl members of the team or something, but um, also the fact that, with this team. yeah, I mean, look, I, the, the fact that I love Mrs. Terrific, Metamorpho and love Plastic Man is so like, I'll, I'll, I forgive that a lot easier than Absolutely. if it was like, I don't know, three other, three other, people. exactly. <laughs> um, my biggest criticism of this book, and we'll get into the plot in a moment, um, I like Ivan Rice, Rice's art for the most part on DC is very much like the pinnacle of what their house style can yeah, be. Yeah, for sure. Um, and he's very well suited to um, to their event books. Mm-hmm. Um, not he probably wouldn't be my my pick. Um, in fact, I, I, I think all the all the character redesigns were actually done by Doc Shana, uh, cool. um, who I would love to see on this book. Apparently, he is coming on board this book in a few issues' time, which is very exciting. That's very because it's a very like you know Silver Age kind of channeling mm-hmm. um, book. Um, I think Ivan Rice's art is really good on this. It's just been coloured really, really dully. Yeah, the I colours agree are with that. really, really grey and dull, and 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 just it looks know, a little bit dated. Looks yes, a little bit dated. early two thousands. <laughs> but he, you know, he, he, it's it's very by the numbers kind of superhero um, artwork, like good by the numbers, very totally. very solid, very serviceable. Uh, unless he's drawing Plastic Man, his Plastic Man is incredible. Yeah, his Plastic Man is like 
given how sort of uh, normal <laughs> the rest of the art is, his Plastic Man is surprisingly like inventive and fun. I yeah, like it. I'm definitely. It. Even when even when uh, Plastic Man is just kind of you know in the background minding his own business, there's yeah. so much animation to his face in Absolutely. these still panels. And uh, that's what I loved the most about this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I just Plastic Man is one of my favorite characters. I know he's like a real goofy part of the DC, the often serious DC universe. But I, that's why I love him so Absolutely. much. Um, I love Kyle Baker's um, twenty-four mm-hmm. issue run from the late nineties, um, and uh, which is almost like channeling like Ren and Stimpy in parts. Yeah. I don't necessarily need him that goofy at all times, but I love him as a foil to like the serious members of the Justice League. He yeah. was used to great. Um, Great effect in the um, JLA run by mm-hmm. Morrison and um, and Porter, mm-hmm. um, and uh, whenever he shows up in the Justice League cartoon, I'm very excited too. Um, so, I guess in, he's been in Dark Knight's Metal in like an egg form mm-hmm. for some dumb reason, and apparently we learned from this because this this takes place after the final issue of Dark Knight's Metal, which hasn't been released yet. Um, apparently he just stays in that egg form yeah. for the entirety of that event, which is so weird. I know. But, uh, so well, we get to see him bust out of the egg in this. He was in stasis, but then when he was exposed to the dark, uni- dark multiverse stuff, vibes, yeah. dark multiverse vibes, he busts out of the egg. So, yeah, the worst thing about this book is that it wasn't allowed to just stand on its own. It has to tie into Dark Knight's Metal. And it, that all the elements that talk about the oomph metal in this is like the most, it's just boring. And I, I wish that Lemire didn't have to, you know, write that stuff into this origin story for this new for, foursome. Yeah, but I think he's going to do something fun and interesting. And it's clearly like, like there is basically a dead Galactus in this. Yes, totally. So it's very explicit and it's like poking fun at Marvel stuff which i think is quite fun um i i love mr terrific so much yeah i think it's my favorite it might be my all-time favorite superhero costume so for those who aren't as familiar with mr terrific i've only ever read him in like ensemble books or Mm -hmm. event books or 52 that kind of thing has he ever had a solo book he did uh quite recently that only like yeah. yeah and he was a big part of that Future's End uh, mm-hmm. weekly series that DC did. But have you got like a favourite uh, moment? Checkmate. Checkmate. Okay, all cool. of Checkmate. All right, cool. I mean, I've, you know, I've never read that run. I've, I've got checkmate. it all. I have to do it. And he wears a jacket that says fair play on it. <laughs> That's my favourite thing ever. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a really, really fun character and he's used to great effect in this. Um, Absolutely. I like that you can see elements of all the Fantastic Four throughout the characters. It's mm-hmm. not just like this one is like, obviously Metamorpho is the closest thing to the thing. Yep. Um, and but then I feel like you get little elements of Johnny Storm and Reed Richards in both Plastic Man and Mr. Um, Mr. Terrific. Terrific. Yeah. Like they kind of swapped each other's powers, but one's a serious one, one's a goof. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, there is a final page reveal. I don't think it's that much of a spoiler because I'm sure he's probably going to be on the cover of the next issue. But yeah, Tom totally. Strong, um, uh, as uh, as previously seen in many uh, classic DC runs, yep. uh, he's in New Frontier. Um, and uh, it, it's like a very bit player, but I just mm. love the way Darren Cook draws him in that. Totally. But uh, used, I guess most recently his longest run was with um, by Alan Moore in the. Yeah, well, isn't he? Is he exclusively an Alan Moore creation? That's odd that he would show up in uh, New Frontier in that case, yeah. but who knows? I think is is anyone know? Does anyone in the room know how old Tom Strong is? <laughs> Jim. Jim, do you know? No, no one knows. But I've only ever. What seen are you paying the, him for? The, uh, <laughs> The Alan Moore, <laughs> the Alan Moore, ABC Warriors—is that what it was called? That's the only place that I know him from. Right. Um, so I feel like this whole next generation of yep, created by Alan Moore and Chris Browse. There you go. It's like in America's best comics. Actively trying 
to piss Alan Moore off. Alan Moore off with this whole next generation. Like we've had Promethea, we've had Tom Strong. Oh fuck! I'm, also, characters. I'm confusing. I'm, it wasn't Tom Strong who showed showed up in. Um, yeah, it was like, Ad, it's Adam Strange. There we go. I Adam was Strange. like, I don't. They have, that, both have red and white costumes. They both have red and white costumes. But one of them carries a giant knife. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, anyway, um, yeah, it's a weird one. It's a very weird one. Yeah. But that's fine. I mean, I feel like. I think I'm in the camp of like, let Alan Moore keep his toys, but you know. But he ain't doing nothing with him. <laughs> also, I feel like that not many people have that much of a connection to Tom Strong. I do like his costume design a lot, so it is yes, fun to good. see him show up here. Um, I don't He's know, like a I, fun adventurer guy. I think this this uh, this number one was a was a was a perfectly fine issue of setting up uh, who these characters are, and I look forward to what Lemire. Um, and whatever art team he ends up with, uh, yep. do with this team because uh, I think of all of the New Age of Heroes books, this is I think it has the the, the strongest kind of idea and lineup. It's the most appealing one that um, you know. All the other ones are sort of introducing new characters, and I think this takes advantage of the existing parts of the DC universe that aren't being used. Like Metamorpho has his own cool little family stuff going on, and it's really fun to see that coming um, up in this. I like it. Yeah. It's good. Also, bring back the Outsiders. Yeah, bring back the Outsiders. Although, didn't they bring back the Outsiders and it wasn't great recently? Was Metamorpho in it? I don't know. Is Metamorpho an Outsider? He is, right? Yes. Yes, cool. Yeah, great. It's like him and Katana. Yep. And that's it. Oh, and like that, <laughs> that sword guy. Mm, no. I'm There's other ones. Um, Tom Strong's in it. Tom Strong's in it. Adam Strong. Yeah, it's very interesting that they're selling this as um, like... With this DC new, what are they calling it? New Age of Heroes. New Age of Heroes. They've put the um, artist up as like an equal creator with the writer. No, so or before. Before. Even, yeah. So it's interesting that okay, Ivan Rice is going to not be doing the whole run. Like you would think that if they were that committed to the it's artist in, as creator. Then... It's entirely possible and likely that I got that information wrong. Cool. <laughs> Blame it on someone in the official Serious Issues <laughs> po- uh, podcast group on Facebook who told me that in a thread recently. Mm, um, so that is, yeah, the Terrifics number one. I'll definitely be sticking with this one. Yeah, and sure. um, funnily enough, though, not my. I don't think this is the strongest first issue yet. Yeah. Um, I'd, <laughs> we're going to review the second issue of, of one that came out recently. You love Silencer. It's really good. <laughs> That's we'll pretty. talk about that later. That is good. <laughs> um, so the final um, number one links to the big young animal Milk Wars event, uh, part five of Milk Wars, but this is Doom Patrol and Justice League of America, um, number one. Um, even though it, This is like the end of this uh, event that tied in all of the young animal uh, books with regular uh, DC mm-hmm. superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have uh, all of them coming to a head to fight uh, this version of Superman who has uh, is a milkman. Yes, and he is the p- sort of child of Casey from Doom Patrol. Yeah, it's real strange. Did you give um, birth to like a little milk blob? <laughs> um, so this has been written by Steve Orlando and Gerard Way. Um, the art in this book, um, pencils for the for the most of this issue, is by uh, by D- Dale Eaglesham. Love Dale Eaglesham. Um, yeah, it's real good. The art's great on this. And then we see um, Doom Patrol regular Nick Darrington show up for the finale. And the colors by Tamara Bombion are spectacular. And also, Melissa Louise did something. Possibly colors as well? I don't know. That's definitely Tamara Colors all the way through. It was fun. Oh, I think she did the... Um, oh, I don't even know. But there's actually like little cameos from... She also does Colors. Right. From the... the, uh, the there's um, little cameos from all the different um, 
artists behind the regular Young Animal books. So mm-hmm. you see like Sunny Lou, Ibrahim Mustafa, Michael Avon Aeming, and um, Marley Zaccone show up to do the shade and mm-hmm. um, Mother Panic stuff uh, throughout the issue. And this new character, what's it going to Eternity Girl? Is that what her name's going to be? Um, is that what it is? Yeah, Eternity Girl, written by Magdalene Visaggio. So we see her kind of introduction mm. uh, to the universe within this. This book tried, this issue tried to do a lot. Um, it took me about an hour to read this issue. Yeah, I didn't get through it, I'll be honest. It's, uh, it's, it's a shame how exhausting this, this like the Gerard Way stuff can be. Yeah. And I like, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily putting the blame on any one person. Like it could be I Orlando am. trying to do Gerard Way, who, in, no, who, who himself Gerard is trying Way. to do uh, Grant Morrison. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it just sucks because the art is always so good. Yeah, and it's really, like, dense and impenetrable and not fun. I find, personally, I'm sure there are a lot of people who are having a lot of good fun with this Doom Patrol run, but just for me, it's like, ah, It's it's trying so hard to be fun. Do something. Exactly, yeah. The, so the whole thing is, like, this kind of, like, a play on, like, the idea that characters are retconned, and so we see the return of some very obscure DC characters um, in, in this issue. Um it's it's fun, kind of, but it just feels so forced. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's kind of been my problem with a lot of the a lot of Gerard Way's stuff, not just in in Young Animal, but also in general. It's his life, his <laughs> vibe. <laughs> no, I don't know anything about him. Um, and I I sort of I I thought the Rita Far as Jesus stuff was like funny. And this is such a minor point, but I hated how small the type was. <laughs> yeah, the lettering on those pages it was really hard to read. That is a small point. But I think, yeah, I think it's sort of tried too hard to be, like, clever and meta. And it is disappointing because the in-between issues were so fun and so good. Yeah, And totally. then to be bookended by this really, like, dense, hard-to-read, hard-to-enjoy stuff. Just what's, what's the point? Yeah. The point doing and this? so, basically, not only is this the finale of this, like, weird event... Um, which seem, it seems weird anyway that Young Animal will be doing events because you feel like this yes. is them trying to be being different and way more accessible to yep. a not superhero comic book buying kind of reader. Mm. Um, and so not only does it do an event, it also has like, you know, that explaining why characters are now going to be getting their own series yeah. and like, you know, explain like a lot of things happen to the Doom Patrol themselves. We see Rita Farr is now mm-hmm. a member of the team, and it, as it turns out, she always has been, mm-hmm. which is oh, just doesn't really work Roll for me at my all. My eyes very hard. Um, yeah, I think we're just trying to balance way too many characters, and um, and also in like the really really goofy way that Gerard Way writes, it just yeah. it just felt off. And there's a kind of sense of like having a cake and eating it too in that he's like mocking and like making fun of superhero comics not in like a necessarily definitely in a loving spirited way, way but, yeah. but then also just being a superhero comic this was uh, absolutely this is like the most superhero this wasn't yeah. like this wasn't transcendental or you know sub- subverting what your, no. your expectations of a superhero comic were at all it no. just straight up was a big team up event and occasionally just like referencing the fact that it is a DC comics publication it doesn't make it like clever and meta exactly I don't think yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think maybe let's leave the meta out of comics for a while. Yeah, just for five minutes until you learn how to do it better. <laughs> uh, so this is over now, um, and it looks like all of the titles that we really enjoy, like for whatever reason, the regular Doom Patrol book is just permanently delayed. You know what I weirdly like about this, though? Sorry. Um, at the end of this, we see that Cliff Steel Robot Man yeah. is a regular man again. I know. Is that good? I kind of like that. I like him. I like the idea of him being like the wildcat of the team okay in a jsa sense uh right so just some old dude yes okay all right 
Um, she loves her old dude. I everybody. love an old dude. <laughs> but yeah, so then in the in the back the back the final page of this is an advertisement for what's coming up from Young Animal next. We get Shade the Changing Woman. Woo. Uh, we get Cave Carson has an interstellar eye, which yes, is please. only written by John Rivera now. So Gerard Way is not co writer on that yes. anymore, which I think is a good thing. Um, and then um, Mother Panic uh, gets uh, is now called Gotham AD number one. Ooh, um, but different artists. So Ibrahim Mustafa, who you can see his style. Um, if you turn a few pages back, it's really, really good and, and kind of references. It looks very similar to the Sean Crystal. Or the Tommy Lee Edwards. Like, it's like almost like a mix of b- both of them, yeah. which is really, really cool. Um, and thankfully, most importantly, Shade the Changing Woman uh, still has Castellucci and Zarconi. And that first cover is amazing. Yes, incredible. Um, and then we also get the new book by Magdalene Passaggio and Sunny Lou called Eternity Girl. Um, and I, I, I want those things just to exist on their own. I don't need them to tie and reference. I hope they don't do Milk, Milk Wars again. Yeah. Because while it was fun seeing Shade and, and Mother Panic kind of interact with DC characters, mm. it wasn't fun seeing them all interact together. Yeah, totally. Or maybe it would have been if it was handled by a better writer, but who knows. We'll never know. Never, ever. Um, so the last number one that DC put out this week was Mira. Queen of Atlantis, uh, number one of a six-issue mini, six miniseries that was um, written by Dan Abnett, who we uh, have seen recently on the, uh, the ongoing Aquaman writer. Um, the pencils on this are by Lan Medina and inks by Richard Friend and colors by Veronica Gandini. And, I mean, not to give away what I thought of this issue too quickly, but really the only reason that you should be picking this up is because of the beautiful Nicola Scott cover. Oh, right. I didn't realize it's a, yeah, it's a yeah it's a brilliant cover, isn't it? Um, she knows anatomy. So we've made jokes about Mira, Mira or Mira. I don't even know how to pronounce the name, but whatever. Mm. Um, Doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, being like you know, she is like a classic example of a of a very often, very frequently nothing character. Yeah. At DC, just just someone's wife who is powerful sometimes. Yes. But too often for someone powerful just gets captured, and it's up for the up to the hero to save her. Yeah. Um, and her whole personality is angry and a wife. <laughs> Um, so uh, this is uh, yeah a, a mini series that I, I guess they hope to expand her character in in the lead up to the Aquaman movie, um, and I just think they just fucked this up immediately. One hundred percent. Why would you not get a female writer? Like I get it, Dan Abnett is it's doing the Aquaman, and stuff. I'm not trying to be like only women can write female characters, but this seems like a hugely missed opportunity. Well, not only is it not written by a woman, it's also narrated by a by, by a man. By, it's just narrated <laughs> by Abnett and and everything is it, you you never actually know what you you only know what Mera is thinking because we're being told by the narrator what she thought because it's all past tense narration too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Every panel is past tense narration. Mm-hmm. It just is just it, they do nothing to make her feel like a powerful character or even a character in her own. It's like, it yeah, just, she just absolutely. feels like this thing from a, like a, like a, someone that used to be in stories and, and we just, it's just And no all good. she does is dream of the wedding she should have had. <laughs> That's what I love. I love my female characters who just dream about weddings. Um, and this, this has her fight to the eel. Um, the art is just like, you know, like just standard DC yeah. house style art, which is just after getting, the, the last two artists that we've got on the Aquaman run, this just feels like such a step back. Absolutely. And then, like, the most interesting part of this whole story appears to be about Orm, who's... Uh, what's the his? Ocean Master. Ocean Master. Um, which, like, that was interesting. But you started and ended the issue with a bit about Ocean Master. Like, it feels like an Ocean Master book with, like, a bit of... Mera in the Mira middle. Mira being sad yeah. in the middle. Yes, yeah, so this is... Boring, was- boring, boring. 
I know people like, you know, she has a great costume. I, I can say that much about her, especially when you see Nicholas Scott draw it. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I wonder if like, it, I, I kind of like, you know, this is, I went in this open mind going like, cool, I'm, I'm finally going to know more about this character. But there and isn't anything the, more because they've no. never fucking bothered to give her a character. Um, but I wonder if anyone who was a fan of this was, was even more disappointed than we were. Um, yeah, this is not good. I'm <laughs> this dead. really disappointed me. Not disappointed me because, to be honest, I expected like nothing of it. But just there were like I really do feel strongly that this was a missed opportunity by one hundred percent. Like you could have absolutely gotten a more exciting writer, a more exciting artist, made it something fresh and interesting, given Mira a character, made people excited to see the movie, and then let them be disappointed by the movie. <laughs> Instead, we get two disappointments now. Yeah. She's just a boring, like, mm, I'm a warrior and a statesman, and I want, I, I'm going to be queen, but I don't want to be queen. I just want to be a wife. <laughs> My love. My love. Uh, Why so can't we just live in our lighthouse together? This will be, uh, that's also what the episode is called. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is, uh, this is the end of, uh, of, my, of my attempts to get into this book. Yeah, boo. Um, so that is it for... <laughs> Boo, Mira. Why can't we just live into a lighthouse together? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, that is it for the DC uh, reviews for this episode. Writing with one hand is stupid. Yeah. You're a crazy guy. <laughs> um, there's also like the most boring and unattractive like Batman... Uh, not Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman. Yeah. This thing, like, it, it and Mira like... looks so different from panel to panel. She's got no like discernible face. The art sucked on this. Sorry, Land Medina was no good. It did. The colors are bad too. It's bad, 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 bad. Let's move over to Marvel right now for one of the cool surprises of the week. Lockjaw, number one. Mm. Hilariously, this may be the final Inhumans-related title that Marvel published for a while <laughs> because Black Bolt is done and there doesn't seem to be any other kind of Inhumans books on the, uh, on the horizon, mm. um, which is a shame because I've enjoyed a great deal of the Inhuman stuff from the last couple of years. Yeah, totally. Um, we get a book about a teleporting dog, uh, Lockjaw, um, and this has been written by uh, current uh, Quantum and Woody writer. That's where I know him best from. Um, uh, Daniel Kibblesmith uh, with pencils by Carlos Villa and um, inks by Roberto Poggi and colors by Chris O'Halloran. Um, this uh, is a kind of like, you know, it opens with Lockjaw um, <laughs> kind of just like sitting at the base of, uh, of uh, Medusa and Black Bolt's bed as they canoodle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, he, does he bamf? No, what does he do? He fwomps. That's when, 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 uh, when, when Lockjaw uh, teleports. Actually, I feel like they, they change the noise he makes when he teleports every time yeah. he does it. That's good, though. Keep, I imagine keep, keep it's us like on our toes. a sloppy jowl noise. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the, um, the bulk of this issue is actually about D-Man. Yes. Who is uh, like a like F-list uh, Marvel once, once baddie, now turned goodie. Yeah. Uh, who uh, I think the last time we read him, he was in... Was he in Nick Spencer's um, Sam Wilson Captain America yeah, run? Probably. I think he was, and he came out in that in that run. I, I may be wrong with semantics, oh, but really? yeah. Um, so we see him uh, living a, a, the worst life he possibly could. Uh, being he's, sad, he's being sad and single, and dumped, and um, and uh, watching a watching Jeopardy as um, someone is asked a question about him on Jeopardy and uh, they get it wrong, so he punches the television. And then <laughs> while go- shouting, who is Demon? <laughs> um, and so while he, he comes back from the hospital, and, you know, he's at a very low point in his life and who should, who should fwomp into his life but Lockjaw. 
Um, so not the direction that this book, I, I thought this book was, was good take at all. I thought this was going to be like a goofy galactic adventure, adventure mm. which it probably will be. Um, but now it's not just Lockjaw, it's Lockjaw and D-Man. So I guess we're going to get some kind of like retribution kind of story from D-Man um, alongside uh, a big fat slobbery teleporting mutt. Which is, unbeknownst by me until I read it, totally my shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is totally your shit. Uh, I thought this was medium. Medium? Okay. Medium fun. What about when uh, they end up in the Savage Land at the end with Kazar? That did improve it slightly for me. Look how muscular he is. I love the Savage Land. And I love Kazar. Um, is that a Chris Anchor cover for the next one? Yeah, the next one's a Chris Fucking Anchor cover. Hell, but I don't cover. know if Chris Anchor can really draw Lockjaw. I think his proportions <laughs> look weird. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just looking at Kazar's six-pack. <laughs> it's not even a six-pack. It's like an eight-pack. <laughs> I really like the um, the pencils in this book by Carlos Villa. I think yep. they're really nice. I think he draws an excellent excellent Lockjaw. I think, yeah, I think that, that's what sold me on this, uh, first and foremost, was, was always the pencils. They're excellent. They're so good. Um, so yeah, this is like you know like, this is just a pleasant, fun surprise. That was uh, I, I thought it was going to go full comedy, but it has a lot of heart to it in this book, and I look forward to seeing where the story takes us. I wish it was just full comedy. I really? wish we just got more of Ryan North's little backups. With uh, yeah, that was that was really fun. That was good fun. Maybe we'll get that. Maybe a lockjaw annual every year could yes, be good. <laughs> um, so those are Marvel number ones. Only only one number one oh, from Marvel this month. Oh God. <laughs> Surprise, surprise. Uh, you didn't read this one? Nah. Oh, man, you would have loved this. Yeah. Uh, so this is a new image, number one, called The Beef. And um, I was excited to read it because it features art by Shaky Kane, best known for his work on The Bulletproof Coffin. Oh, cool. Um, it's been written by um, Richard Starkings, who is the Elephant Man creator and writer. Oh, okay. Is that right? I think, maybe. Um, oh, Elephant Men. Elephant Men, sorry. What's ele- Are they different? Okay. Elephant Man is that movie with... Oh, yeah, right. Elephant Man is the, the long-writing comic, comic book series oh, about... Yep, sure. The I've, Big Hippo guy? I've never read it. Oh, oh, massively it's... rips off Hairbutt the Hippo, which is a classic Australian Damn. comic. Uh, Tyler Shaneline um, was the co-writer on this issue. Um, but this book um, is about a town featuring um, a, a, a fast food place called The Beef and everyone's family works at the abattoir. That, okay. that kills the cows that then turn into burgers at the beef. Um, and this is split between two different timelines. One when we see like our main character, Chuck, um, as a teenager, um, and his, his father um, works at the beef and he's lost his hand in, a, uh, in an accident there. Um, and then we see him grow up to also work at the beef. Um, and he's, he, he's killed the most cows. Nice. Um, and so this is a very mundane kind of bleak look at the meat industry without being heavy handed at all. It just cool. is kind of like presenting you these facts about Americans and fast food and what the different chemicals in fast food may Man. do to someone's body. Um, and so the beef not only refers to the restaurant that they all eat, eat burgers at, but it also refers to the form that Chuck takes uh, after a lifetime of being shit on by uh, all the different people in his town and the things that have happened to him, mixed with all of the different chemicals that he's eaten every single day of his life as he eats at the fast food restaurant, um, we see him transform into a Hulk-like character <laughs> in which he is just all big pink muscle. Oh, my God. And he is called the Beef. <laughs> That's actually amazing. You would love this issue. I'm sad I missed that. Yeah, no, I'll, you, I'll just I'll throw it, was, it to you after this. Yeah, cool. I thought, for some reason, it was like... I thought it was more connected to that Tainted Love series because it said Tainted Love on the cover. And I was like, oh, well. Oh. 
Oh, yeah. No, but it's not. I think it's, right, it's, that's it's, just it's the name of the tainted, bar. as in like how meat can be tainted. Yeah. <laughs> tainted lover biochemistry. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it has nothing to do with that series. Oh, well, there you go. Um, and like uh, as like you know, Shaky Kane art is great, but it, it, if you have never seen it before, it's like a mix between Mike Allred and Gilbert Hernandez. Yeah. Um, perfect. Which is a, just a, a great, great combo. Mix. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, if if you were looking for like a kind of dark comedy book, mm. um, then this is definitely one I would recommend. Um, it's really, 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 really fun and. Um, and you know, pretty grim in parts, but it's a it's a classic image. Yeah, Gro- cool. gross feeling when you read some of the, a book like this. Nice. If you liked plastic, I would recommend this as a as I a love as plastic. A, yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is this is, has, has you all over it. Damn it. So that's the beef number one, probably my favorite number one this week. Uh, no surprise that it's a uh, an image book. Um, but there's actually some very other good. There's m- many other good number ones that I read this week, including the biggest surprise that I've ever had. Uh, so let's get through those now. Did you read the labyrinth number one this week? Nope. Why not? I don't know. I've never seen The Labyrinth. Oh, I really? was like, I'm reading this because Siobhan will be mad at me if I don't. <laughs> and then I didn't read it. Um, so this is uh, Jim Henson's Labyrinth Coronation, um, which tells the untold story of the Goblin King from the Labyrinth movie. Great. Um, and it's been written by si- Simon Spurrier with art by David Bayliss, colours by Dan Jackson. The front cover is by Fiona Staples, which is lovely. Very, very nice. Um, so this uh, was, in spite of me having no connection to the property at all i just know that bowie is the, the is his name labyrinth probably not <laughs> mr labyrinth dr labyrinth Dr. Labyrinth. that's it exactly um so he plays the i don't know goblin king he is the goblin king all oh, right so this is this is his story yeah okay that makes more sense there you go. um and so yeah we we see um we see him him he and his uh goblin followers Bro. um find stumble upon a baby um, and then as he starts looking into the history of this baby, I, it becomes apparent that this baby is him. And so we learn his oh. origin story um, that he was abandoned by his father who left his mother to, to kind of be murdered. Oh um, yeah, it's, it's, pr- it's pretty dark, but, um, but lovely it art. maintains a sense of whimsy. This is out through Boom Comics, by the way, uh, which is why so much care has been taken. Um, sorry, not, no, it's not Boom, it's Arkea. Uh, they do all the Jim Henson stuff. Yeah, right. There you go. Um, but um, yeah, this is uh, this is really good. I thought da- Daniel Bayliss's art was actually quite similar to Fiona Staples in parts. Mm. Maybe it's the colors that we've got here that that, that make it feel like that. But um, uh, yeah, if, if you if you are a Labyrinth fan or a big fan of these, you know the, the, the Stranger. Uh, I know that the, the same publisher did a um, uh, Dark Crystal book mm-hmm, last mm-hmm. year that a lot of people that who are fans of the movie were also big fans of. I think you will definitely love this. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, um, but I, I, I may even read more issues of it, even though I, I kind of get a little bit lost because, yeah, goblins. I mean, you should probably watch Labyrinth. Should but I? It sounds is it good? Not for you. I like Labyrinth. I'm, yeah, I just I worry. I, I I feel like even as a kid in the nineties, re like watching those movies that were made in the middle eighties, because mm. I've seen like Willow. Yeah. That had like Jim Henson. Like I love, I'm, I'm a big Muppet head. Yeah. I love Sesame Street. You do have a big Muppet head. I do. Have, it's very true. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> I look at Ernie. <laughs> that's, that's very true. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I, the live action crossed with his creations never really gelled with me very well. Oh, see, I like it. I like, I like people interacting with Muppets. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, George, sorry, George from Kings just stood up and I think he's motioning to be me that his head looks more like Ernie's than mine. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn it. Um, so that's uh, Labyrinth Coronation number one. Definitely pick it up if you're a fan of the movie. And if you're not, maybe you'll like it like yeah, I did. Cool. 
Uh, did you read Rick Veitch's The One, The Last Word in Superheroics? No, the Big Sleep, number this. one of six. What the hell is that? Rick Veitch, or Veitch, I guess it's Veitch. Rick yeah. Veitch, uh, best known as the artist on most of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing run. And then right, he right, took right. over as writer um, for Swamp Thing once Alan Moore finished for okay. about 30 or so issues. Um, this is a, a I guess, a, a coloured version of um so the, yeah the colored for the first time um is, he wrote this book in the in the mid 80s mm-hmm. the one um and it, it is about like superheroes and nuclear apop- apocalypse cool um and the, an event happens um which makes most of the population uh go into a coma okay um and then there are a few survivors um all the people that, that aren't put into the coma that are kind of walking around this empty streets mm-hmm. of, uh, of the big city that I, I, guess I assume it's probably like New York or something um, and uh, after this event there are people with superpowers and this whole thing is being narrated from all these wacky characters from within this world Rick Veitch's art is very much that kind of you know classic sketchy kind of grotesque vertigo yeah. um, cartooning um, so you know it's, if, if you like that shit you'll love this shit I don't know if the colours necessarily are good for it. I think the colours are terrible. Mm. And this is a thing I out through IDW. IDW have done a lot of these, um, like I feel like they they, they re-release um, these older or you know once there were graphic novels in single issue format with with colours. And I don't think the colours are ever good. No, <laughs> um, like, Just don't don't colour them, guys. Like they did that when we started reading the that Alex Robinson. Um, uh, graphic yeah. novel uh, what the hell is that was that called um, that they started do- doing single issues of that and um, it's like a f- you know 50 issue arc and mm. we haven't seen an issue after six for months now yeah so I've forgotten all about the existence of that comic and the, co- the colours in that were awful but it was just fun to be able to read that um, it's all about it reminded me of a webcomic it's like about young adulthood yeah, totally. Working in a bookstore. Um, Sounds familiar. Box Office Poison. Box Office Poison. Is the name of that one. So, yeah, this is another like one that I'm like, oh, I'm happy to be reading it because it's a cool story with good art, but the colours, which are actually by, I guess it must be his son, Kirby Veitch. Cute. Veitch. Veitch. Or nepotism. Hmm. Less cute. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know if it's like the colour necessarily or the printing or the, I don't know. I just, it's no good. It's funny because it also looks like the pages have been scaled. Up. Up so it looks like it doesn't fit the book. That's a weird, some weird decisions on this. I don't yeah. really understand. I like the, st- the story, um, and I, I love the cover of the next issue. Yeah, that's great. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not correct. I, I don't know. I think maybe I'll try and track down the graphic novel if I want to read it, which I assume was in black and white. Yeah, cool. Um, so Black Mask this week put out The Wilds issue number one, written by Vida Ayala, who is. Um, Recently saw write some prose in Twisted Romance, ah. um, and she's done a few. I, I, her name is definitely a familiar name. I'm sure we've read, read other of her books before. Um, art by a new name that I've never seen before. Her name is Emily Pearson, and holy god, her art is good. Yeah, lovely. Um, this is someone that I, is going to be on my like to watch list because sure. she should be real, real big. Yeah, absolutely. Um, colors on this by Marissa Louise and beautiful colors too. Mm-hmm. Um, and letters by Jim Campbell. Um, so this is, uh, like yet another zombie apocalypse scenario, yep. um, book, but with a much more kind of human element to it that, uh, made this one feel a lot different. Maybe it was just the fact that it was written by a woman. It felt different. Maybe. Um, in this one, uh, the, 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 the virus, uh, a virus is leaked that I guess kind of turns people into like they start growing plants these plants. Yeah, plants on them. and they So they're like really pretty zombies. Yeah. 
Um, but the bulk of this issue is actually about um, runners and runners are people that kind of give messages between those who are now in power mm-hmm. in, in this world. Um, and, uh, and they run out and get medicine and uh, ferry people from commune to commune. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we see a girl who is one of the best messengers around. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, best runners around. Um, and uh, they did a great job kind of, like, building this world while still telling, like, keeping the story moving on at a good pace. Yep. Um, she comes across uh, someone from a medical facility who's about to be attacked by zombies, saves his life, and instead of leaving him to kind of, you know, die 30, hour, 30 minutes later, she takes him with takes him with her to the commune that she's from and uh, he gets taken away. Who knows what's happened to him? We'll find out soon. Uh, but there looks to be like a looming threat that's bigger than the zombies themselves um, as uh, we see a, a panicked runner uh, crash into the commune at the very end of this issue. It's really great. Yeah, this I is really, really, like really cool. Black uh, Mask um, are publishing some really cool stuff. I think they're one of the most exciting new publishers out there. Definitely agree. They really seem to take a lot of risks and, and, and tell, in, in telling new stories from new creators. Um, this is sick. This is yeah, really, this really great. Um, yeah, if you if oh, you if you need yeah if you need another zombie book uh, that's that's different to every zombie book you've read before. Yeah. Um, the Wilds, and I feel like it, it it's 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 taken a lot of influence from what's worked in different other zombie stories we've mm-hmm. seen, and mm-hmm. and just kind of combines the right things from them together to make this very unique feeling book that looks beautiful. Absolutely. So well done to the creators involved. The Wilds issue one. I'll be reading this Definitely. as it continues. Um. We both read Return to Whisper, um, which is part of a book called Cult Classic, um, which is out through Vault Comics, another um, very great new publisher as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this has been written and created by Elliot Rahal with illustrations by Philippe Kuna and colors by Dee Kniff. Um And this book is about uh, a group of teenagers who are obsessed with like uh, treasures, like finding like watching like old TV shows about relics and, and, mm-hmm. and adventuring uh, who decide to steal a relic and um, 30 or 20 years from that moment, they're going to dig that relic up and then divide the riches amongst themselves. But they're all dying in mysterious circumstances. As they get older. Um, I like this. I thought this was pretty good fun. Yeah, pretty interesting. That, like, Goonies-y vibe. Definitely. Um, I think uh, way too many characters. There's like yes. nine. But you've got to assume that means like we're going to kill off at least like 60 (laughs) percent that's a good point (laughs) um yeah i thought the the art's really fun and simple Mm -hmm. um and 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 aids the story really well i love the colors absolutely Um, but yeah i think yes it's a a, a fun little adventure book murder mystery kind of tale yeah of uh, of not being able to trust people that you've known for the longest time in your life Mm -hmm. pretty fun yeah pretty good uh yeah pretty Pretty good. good so that's cult classic I, I, it, part of me felt like this is like the second series in an anthology, though. Yeah, totally. So maybe, maybe it was. I think Cult Classic is the publisher, which is a publisher I've never heard of. But it's not Vault. Called... Vault. Oh, right. Sorry. Vault published it, but yeah. This is called Return to Whisper, right? No, it's it's Cult Classic Return to Whisper. Mm, right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Real there weird. You go. Yeah. Cult Classic originated by Elliot Rahal. We could we could Google it, but let's not. Oh, let's not. Uh, so one of the weirdest things that I've had to do time and time again for this podcast is read a bunch of Kiss comics. Which I just <laughs> refuse to do. Well, Siobhan, I feel like you may have liked this one quite a lot. <laughs> um, I've read a lot of very, very not good Kiss comics. I think this may be the fifth Kiss, co- Kiss series that I've started since we started the podcast. Uh, this is Kiss and the Army of Darkness. 
So a cross yeah. between uh, the, the the kind of you know horror comedy franchise, um, and and the beloved uh, glam rockers. <coughs> um, this has been written by Chad Bowers and Chris Sims, who oh, are okay. best known for giving us recently Sword Quest yep. through Dynamite and. Uh, uh, the X Men '92 series and lots of other uh, pretty great books. Um, art on this one is by Rory Coleman, um, with colours by Timothy C. Brown. And in this one, we see uh, in the '70s, um, late '70s, um, Kiss are playing in Michigan when suddenly a cult leader shows up um, with the what's it called the the Book of Death Necronomicon. With, that's the one. Uh, shows up with that and uses the powers of that to send Kiss to hell. Um, oh no! And as this is happening, we see a um, a woman who uh, whose family has spent seven hundred years studying the Necronomicon, um, trying to put it, trying to stop this cult leader from doing it. Because if the, if Kiss is sent to the underworld, it means that uh, the Destroyer will be able to take over Earth. Oh no! <laughs> and um, there's lots of funny moments. Like she tries to get backstage, and she says to two girls waiting there, like, you know, how do how do you get backstage? And they said, I don't know. Um, but next time, try a miniskirt. Pretty funny. <laughs> okay. um, and yeah, so we see like Kiss having actual like magical powers in this. But then like all Kiss comic books, for some reason, they like a, like sent somewhere or gotten rid of like immediately. <laughs> um, and then uh, we see um, Ash from the, um, the, the Army of Darkness movies um, in a hospital bed. He's just lost his hand in a blender accident. Um, yep. And uh, this woman... Uh, who with 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 her with her wisdom comes to him saying that she needs him to be their hero, um, and uh, he this book the book ends with this issue ends with him sent to hell too, um, possibly far too late, um, but who knows? This this is it was actually really wittily written and and enjoyable. Oh, that sounds good. I feel like um, that that writing team do a good job of understanding what these books are and making a fun story. That yeah. still has that sort of nostalgia value. Which yeah, definitely. Is the only reason people buy Kiss or Army of Darkness comics. It's so funny. Like, I, 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 is there anyone that listens that is like a Kiss comics stan? Like, and what are the Kiss comic like the most beloved? Which, which you know, how everyone's like, what's the what's yeah. the classic run? Exactly. Like, yeah. What's every, the must read Kiss what's, comic? What's the what's the year one Kiss year one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only people who ever buy Kiss comics are people who like Kiss. Thank that's you it. for that absolutely <laughs> incredible <laughs> observation. Um, so that's Kiss and Army of Darkness, uh, number one. I'm actually going to stick My with this, which is real... book retail insight. Real weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, so final number one we're going to talk about is uh, through Titan's Statics Press imprint. And I always get excited when I see this, and uh, that was quickly put to rest. Uh, <laughs> as I started actually reading this book. This is a book called... Alasic. Uh, and um, yeah, all the Statics Press um, imprint stuff is uh, translated European comics. Yeah. Um, this has been written by Hubertus Rufflet, which is a Good great name. name. Uh, co-written and art by Helge Vogt. Mm, um, or maybe Helgi? Helgi Vogt? Who know. could say? Um, but um, this is like a, um, a very kind of... Uh, did you ever read like Lenore? Yeah, or yeah, like, yeah. you know, like your Tim Burton Corpse Bride-esque kind yeah. of like it really romantic... Me. Gothic, yes. entry level shit. <laughs> really reminds me of um, a less good version of the Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman, right? Which is quite a good, so gothy, romancy, all ages ebook. So a girl dies and uh, is sitting atop her graveyard and unaware that she's died, trying to talk to everyone uh, in the human world still. Um, however, now she looks like a doll. 
Um, yeah. And everyone that is dead is this has this very kind of like China doll toyish kind of quality to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the rest of like the human characters are like losers going to like the show. Uh, like going like rocking rocking out and partying all night. Yeah. Um, and in this world, um, the dead can only exist at night, mm-hmm. and then when when sun comes up, they disappear. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess this this series will be about her coming to terms with the fact that she's died and making friends with all the other dead people in the world before yeah. she goes to be judged and sent to a li- uh, you know the light or the dark. It seems very much like a book that they figured out the sort of aesthetic of it before they yes, definitely. thought about the... Um, and rather what? than shitting on it any further, I think we should just put this in the not-for-us not basket. Yeah, it's just really strongly not for me. I'm sure there are many, many, many teens out there that it would be for. Yeah, like if I liked this art, it's extremely well done. I just yes. fucking hate this kind of art. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, exactly. It was not for me. <laughs> so that is First Things First for this episode. Um, if you uh, read all any of those uh, beginning issues and would like to discuss them with somebody, maybe you need a... Need some tips of some new new series that you want to pick up? Um, the best place to come and talk with us. We we're both there all the time, alongside the time. thousands of other uh, listeners and comic book fans. Uh, it's the Serious Issues Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. We love talking to listeners there. I'm happy to always give advice, whether mm-hmm. it's you know an ep- pointing you to an episode in which we talk about something, or even giving you advice for new runs, or even just arguing with you about something that I like and you hate, or you hate and I like. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're pretty chill in there. Yeah, gloves are always on though. Absolutely. Um, so now we play the funnest version of this game ever. Yeah. Uh, normally at this point in the episode, we roll a, a six, a primitive six-sided die mm-hmm. um, to decide whether uh, Image, Marvel, or DC are the, um, the the publisher that we review all the books from next. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and uh, normally I would have to, like, just so rudimentary, uh, barbaric even. Um, I would assign two numbers to Mm -hmm. each publisher, uh, but, and and just kind of be like, I wish we had a three-sided die. If only. What a world that would be. Um, And our calls were were heard Mm. by a a guardian angel who listens over our podcast every week. His name is- From the frozen north. Yep. His name is Brad Love from Canada. Um, And he, this week, sent us, not only did he send us a three-sided die, he also- marked it with stickers from each publisher so when you roll a one which we always assign to image you either see um alana from uh from saga or um john i think his name is the 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 cop from chew yep um and then when you roll a two you see either a superman logo or a wonder woman logo and then when you roll a three you see the wolverine or luke cage so good so as we all know one is image two is dc three is marvel and forevermore, that will be the sequence that we roll the die in. Also, special shout-outs to Ben Ben Quinlan, excellent customer from Kings, excellent listener of this podcast. He also sent, like, the same week, like, almost the same day. The same day, He gave it? us yeah. this awesome, it's like a little spinny thing where we can write all the different publishers around it. So if we one time want to do an incredibly specific one with all of the publishers. Oh, that's fun. We can do that. Okay, cool. All right, we'll look forward to that. Thanks, guys. Um when we play spin the wheel for the next publisher it could be fun but right now we're going to play roll the three-sided die uh, for the the, uh, image Marvel or DC and so I'm going to roll and I can see Wolverine so that means it's Marvel first 
And then it's Superman, so DC second, and finally Image. Excellent. So let's hop to it, Siobhan, with the reviews of all the Marvel books that came out last week. Oof, so many Marvel books. <clears throat> Going to kick things off with um, two books written by Donny Cates, starting with Doctor Strange, issue number 386, uh, which features art by Nico Henrichon. Um, and uh, this continues, uh, almost sets up the, um, the recent uh, Doctor Strange Damnation event book that we're currently getting, which is... Yeah, I was surprised that this tied into that, to be honest. <coughs> well, I mean... But why make it a separate event if it's just going to also be in Doctor Strange? Because Marvel Comics. <laughs> I think it's a relatively short event. I can't imagine it's going to be more than like four issues or something. Yeah. Who knows? Actually, six is like the golden number for events though, isn't it? Yes. Or uh, eight. Or eight, or and 12. then suddenly, accidentally, 13. ten, twelve. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and a zero it. issue. Uh, so yeah, this is um, this kind of has Dr. Strange talking to his ghost dog um, before he heads to go resurrect Las Vegas after mm-hmm. it was destroyed in Secret Wars. Very um, bad idea. Not Secret Wars, Secret Invasion. No, not Secret Invasion. Se- what the fuck was it called? Secret Empire. <laughs> um, and uh, we then see him um, cuts to the present where he is uh, uh, gambling with, um, what's his name? Not the devil. Mephisto. Mephisto. Gambling with Mephisto. And, Bye, Fisto. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it turns out uh, Doctor Strange cheats and then has his legs broke by a, uh, a, a Mephisto-controlled Thor with her hammer. Pretty fun. It hurt like hell. Um, yeah. I thought this was actually better than the Damnation first issue. Yeah, I think partially because of Nico Henricon's art. Yes, which is really, really fun. Really gorgeous. And great. Uh, he's a perfect Doctor Strange artist. Um, the news came out this week that uh, Donny Cates isn't going to be long on Doctor Strange. They are Marvel are back on their bullshit and hitting the reset button and going mm. back to number one. Yeah, now it's going to be Doctor Strange, Strange again. Space. So who's the who, Mark Wade? Yeah, it just sucks. Like Kate's this, and like we're about to review Thanos too. Yeah, I think Kate's like, has got something probably big in the works though with Marvel. Yeah. I think that um, they're going to be doing a Cosmic Ghost Rider series, uh, and he's doing Venom. Yeah, as well. Um, but I just, I, I, I want, I like, I really like him on Doctor Strange. He made yeah. Doctor Strange really fun. Yeah, um, he gave him a ghost dog sidekick. Yeah, and that's it, the best thing ever. And it sucks that like he's gonna have what like you know like ten issues or something all up that he's done. And before they, I, I also just I don't like I previously didn't care about Marvel just hitting number one, the the number one button after sixteen issues or so. Mm. But they've gone back to the in the hundreds numbering now. Yeah, why the fuck are they going back to one again? I don't know. What, like after like almost six like they months. have no plan, and they're just like, maybe this now. It's almost All like Brad Love from Canada mm-hmm. sent them a three-sided die, <laughs> and every six months they roll the die to see what their business plan is going to be. Yeah, and they're like, are we focusing on legacy renumbering, legacy renumbering, or <laughs> new number one? Get a women, get women to write comics. Yep, or hit the number one reset button <laughs> and hire all we get old rid of men. all the women. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, 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 I'm sorry to rant about Marvel, uh, but I guess it is the Marvel segment, so where yeah. else am I going to do it? Absolutely. Hardly going to do it during the Dark Horse segment. Good Lord, that would be annoying. It's already short enough. Um, Doc, Doctor Strange 386, a really solid issue by Donny Cates, who I, I agree, he has something cool going on, and it's clear that he's destined for great things at Marvel, because he has a love of, you know, mm. the, of, 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 of their history and can do great things when he's allowed to play with their toy box. Absolutely. But um, I would have liked to have seen him like have his like a, a long start on this on this run as mm-hmm. his entry to Marvel. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, Agreed. he's also doing Thanos at the moment, um, and this is uh, issue number 16 of Thanos. Uh, he took over from Jeff Lemire, um, and he does this book with Jeff Shaw on art. Um, in this book, a, um, a, a Thanos, uh, is, Thanos is, is sent to, the, to a future in which he is an old man who has destroyed the world, uh, destroyed the universe. Oh, my, oh my. Basically, he's, he, it's, 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 a, it's a world in which Thanos has won, mm-hmm. uh, and he has a... Uh, Ghost Rider as his like spirit of vengeance, uh, um, kind of like sidekick, I guess. Uh, his his herald, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we learnt recently that that is uh, is Frank Castle, mm-hmm. and this issue basically tells us how Frank Castle became first of all Ghost Rider, then like galactic kind of like Silver Surfer esque herald, and then became he, he basically he makes three deals. With uh, with with evil, first is uh, with the devil to become Ghost Rider, then is with Galactus Galactus to become a herald, and finally um, is with uh, Thanos to become the Rider. Good fun. Really, really fun. I like that this is just really like uh, creative and fun, and just being really silly with these characters, and uh, like there's so few limitations put on it because it's a set in the future so you don't need to have all this continuity nonsense totally this is the tone that i wish dark knight's metal had over yeah, at dc yeah, yeah absolutely um it's 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 still like really silly and like teenage boy fantasy mm-hmm. um like you know what if everything was on fire and <laughs> and a cosmic um silver surfer wielded thor's hammer like you know all these That's like ridiculous cool stuff hello. yeah and every Every issue has a fantastic final page, and you're just like, "Hell yeah!" And there's a guitar, a guitar just starts wailing yeah. next to you. It's real great fun. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Nate point. Nate made the point that he didn't like it because um, he doesn't think that Frank Castle is the kind of guy who would make deals. Well, I and mean, that's a fundamental part about his character. But this is a Frank Castle who's been alone on Earth for millennia by himself, just riding his big fiery motorcycle and he, around. He doesn't so much make a deal as he kind of, in his last breath, wishes that he could. He said he would, he would give anything to teach Thanos a, a lesson. Yeah. Um, I wish I could punish him. <laughs> One of the sillier things about it. But that's great. This. Yeah, really I, good I think, like I think this issue totally makes it... Like, you don't have to believe that, that Frank Castle would do no. this. I think it's just like you just roll with it. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. And the book is so fun that you just it's impossible not to just roll with it. Yeah. And the I art's know. really great. Really great. Jeff Shaw's doing a great job with uh, Awesome Colors by uh, Antonio Fabella. Super fun. Absolutely. Um, I don't know why I have this next in my stack, but sure, let's do it. Avengers number 682, um, the book uh, in which at the end of each issue we see the Hulk slowly emerging from a pile of rubble. Cool. <laughs> and, uh, Is that get- just the whole comic? I would read it if it was just the whole comic. Just like pebble by emerging. pebble. <laughs> well, he's finally, he's out of the cave now. Oh, no. And this is issue eight, part eight of the um, Avengers is- No Surrender run. And, I, and he doesn't actually like show up. And Why is he in a cave? I don't know. What cave is he? In? He's the the immortal Hulk now, um, but yeah, he he, he isn't on the front die. cover of this of this event until two issues from now. Mm. So I can't, I can't imagine he's going to be doing much in in the next issue either. It's so funny they're really taking this t- sweet time with it, but I have to say it is fun just having this dumb ongoing weekly story. Mm. Um, I think I would rather have a monthly good story. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> both. <laughs> I just like this is just like just pure brain candy for me. It's yeah. it's real stupid. Um, there's a there's like a an event happening on Earth, um, which is pit um, two evil teams against each other versus the Avengers. 
Um, and it's like a big game for the Grandmaster and someone challenging him. Um, meanwhile, Jarvis is in a coma and we Ugh. see we see Wasp and Beast trying to cure him. Um, and there's a really funny panel in which, you know how like whenever they show like a character like that, that does flips to do something, often you'll see like a, like mm-hmm. Nightwing, you'll see like these kind of like, you know, lighter coloured yeah, yeah, yeah. Moments of him kind of like slowly flipping into a position mm-hmm. as Beast doing a flip over Jarvis's <laughs> comatose body from a microscope uh, to next to his bedside. That's why Beast is the best. Yeah, just like super unnecessary, but Absolutely. like entirely just comicsy as hell. Great. Um, this is by no means a great or even good story, but it is just something that I'm gnawing on week to week and I don't care. Mm. I'm not eating carbs or junk food at the moment so, so maybe this, this this is like this is my fries maybe this is because you've lost your mind <laughs> from lack of calories. from just getting up too early <laughs> um now let's talk about uh lo- speaking of losing minds let's talk about <laughs> uh two bendis books that came out this week Woo. uh we're nearing the end of marvel's long tenure at marvel sorry bendis's long tenure at marvel um I think it's tenure tenure yeah well, I, i'm not going to doubt anyone yeah. that corrects my, my pronunciation of anything um, uh, and we get issue 17 of Jessica Jones this week and issue 597 of The Invincible Iron Man. Uh, Jessica Jones, I guess, will have maybe one issue after this, and this uh, is the team of Michael Bendis, uh, Michael Gaydos, and Matt Hollingsworth. Um, this is the finale of the Return of the Purple Man arc um, in which Jessica Jones comes face-to-face with her greatest enemy. Um, and, you know, it's one of the most personal connections that we've seen between hero and enemy. Uh, because of the awful things that this enemy has done to Jess over the years, um, and f- this is just a the, just a case of Bendis really fucking having his cake and eating it too, yeah. telling a story in which something enormous happens, but it just feels nothing like happens. fucking nothing. Nothing like, happened. Like when I opened up one of the double page spreads, and it's literally just Jessica Jones's face close up with like so much text, so much for text. so many panels, the whole thing, and like. She says almost nothing. Nothing. The whole comic is just her going, I could do this, but you know what? I don't think I want to. I don't think I should. Purple Man, go away. Yeah. Like, that is what I choose. Bendis only knows how to write women who have taken ecstasy four hours ago and are, <laughs> and are watching the sunrise with someone that they've fallen out of touch with and they're apologizing for, for not having been in contact, but they're still cool. And, you know, yeah, even though they don't cool, see, right? even though they don't see each other, they're still as close as they've ever been. Yeah. <laughs> 4 a.m. D&M's Bendis' special, <laughs> specialty. I can't wait for his lowest lane. Oh, boy. So yeah, that was that. Oh um, God! A really, really weird because th- th- this this series had some high points. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, but this was certainly not one of them. No. And when when we finally see uh, Jess in bed with um, or you know, sitting in bed with Luke Cage at the end of the issue, it just felt so unearned and just Absolutely. bizarre. Like you know, like it just like Luke Cage just comes home after a day at work and it's like, hey. Good to see you. Like it's like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. you just come face to face with like the the, the man who can thing end, that ever exactly. To her. Yeah, real fucking. And she's weird. like, yeah, I got rid of him, and everyone's like, ah, oh, phew, cool. No, he doesn't say you got rid of him. She goes, oh baby, you did it. How <laughs> 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 the fuck does anyone think that that's how anyone would talk? He's like, I feel like Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Everyone used to be like, yeah, but you know what? Bendis does like good, believable dialogue. I feel like that's <coughs> like maybe believable dialogue has changed or maybe Bendis never had it or maybe he's lost it. Have you, you've seen but... Air- Airplane, right? Like yeah. Flying High, mm-hmm. where the old ladies like, where, where like uh, there's, there's two black men in in, in in one of the two of the seats on the, on the plane and the air hostess can't talk to them I can't understand them right. and the old lady goes oh excuse me I can speak jive <laughs> I feel like Bendis took notes and was like this is how I will write Luke Cage <laughs> he's written yeah. good Luke Cage in the past this was just not a case of it yeah 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 weird as fuck issue all the way babe all the way you feeling it babe <laughs> Like what in the fuck? What do you like? That's actual dialogue that you wrote, Bendis. Ugh. Actual like, is that what Superman's gonna be like? Is that what the Superman Lois Lane relationship is gonna be like? Yeah. Good lord! Look forward to that coming no, very soon. You. So the Invincible Iron Man was even worse this week. <laughs> issue five hundred ninety-seven, issue five hundred ninety-six have had Blade show up out of nowhere, and you be like, all need to stop fucking with me and give me a Blade comic. I am done with all of this Blade showing up for two panels in a comic. It was one panel in 596 saying like, come with me, Rhea Williams. We're going to solve all your problems right now. Guess what Blade did? Introduced her to someone who is like to to a new university that she can be in. (laughs) (laughs) He's not even in this issue. I know the admissions guy. (laughs) It's like, yeah, Blade, Blade told us all about you. And that's like that's the extent of his involvement in this issue. What the fuck? What um, is going on? So this arc is called the Search for Tony Stark. It features oh Tony Stark God. on the cover. We've seen Tony Stark slowly like <gasps> crawling from one side of a lab to another, having visions of just going babe. His past, yeah, babe, it's down. <laughs> yeah, <you> did it <laughs> all the way. <laughs> um, My coma, it's down all the way. <laughs> I'm feeling it. Um, he's not even in this issue, so we still like people are looking for him. There's some good Doctor Doom stuff, but again, it's just it's so slow. He's doing so many tiny threads of yeah. plot, and it just feels it's just so nothing. Yeah. Like he's so. Th- these are two perfect examples of how nothing Bendis's writing can be. Yeah, absolutely. and uh, it's it's dumb that like I actually quite enjoyed the tenth issue of Defenders last week, and was kind of like, oh cool, he's gonna hopefully all these books are gonna end on a strong note because mm. you know he has such strong connections to them. But like, 
maybe this is just the preamble before he finally yeah, says his farewells. But amazing. I doubt that, to be honest. Uh, the, the, I think of all the books that he was writing, I think the Iron Man definitely suffered the most because he's doing he set up so much, and uh, it's impossible to tie everything together yeah, in, totally. in in such so few issues. But yeah, a very bad pen this week. <laughs> oh, poor old Bendis. Poor old DC. This is this is what he's going to bring to their to their uh, to their house. Um, so let's move over to Black Panther right Woo! now, written by the future writer of Captain America, Ugh. Ta-Nehisi Coates. I am so excited for that. That's just so that cool. Is the, that the, is the Captain America book that I have been waiting for. Well, I, it's just like just how great that it's going to be this like just point of difference. Like, totally. And and you know it goes back to if you've read um, those great very very personal blogs that Christopher Priest Priest has written over the years about mm-hmm. his his time at Marvel and mm-hmm, how he mm-hmm. was you know just wanted to write a Captain America book mm-hmm. and they kept making him write the Falcon book and yep. it's just so cool to see a, a not old white guy writing a Captain America book absolutely and especially if you've read any of Coates's like uh books <laughs> non-picture books <laughs> Like, he has such an interesting perspective on contemporary America that I think it's going to be cool, cool, cool. But you know what? Everyone is expecting it to be so political. I might, I'm, I'm like, I'm, my prediction is that it's going to not be that political. Really? At least at first. I, I, I'm, like, I'm, I'm ready to be very wrong on this, but like, I feel like he's grown so much as a writer, um, as a comic book writer. Yeah. Um, since those first five issues, for, you know, six those those first issues of Black Panther, I totally understand the criticisms of. At the time, I was saying that they were very overwritten. They were trying to do so much. Um, I know you were definitely a fan from from the start, but it took me a while to be won over to his style of writing. I want more dense political thrillers. Um, yeah, I, I, the, the problem with that was that it wasn't thrilling in any way. It was just dense political. Um, and it wasn't even like... Disagree. It wasn't political so much of like, you know, politics of our current day world. It was, it was Wakandan politics. Yeah. It was so much world building. It was becoming a constitutional monarchy. It was just, you know, it, 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 it was dense. That's what, what I, I wanted. To say. That was what I wanted the Black Panther movie to be. Right. Enjoy Black Panther, but I could have done with more... I think we'll get Politics. more of that in the future. Mm. Um, but I think now, and we're going to review issue 170 now, it's become such a fun action book featuring this incredibly well-built world of Wakanda that he's, you know, been building Absolutely. from the start. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what, you know, this, this very, you know, grown writer, mm-hmm. comic book writer, that is, mm-hmm. he's extremely established outside of comics, obviously. But I'm excited to see what he brings to a new series of a beloved character. Absolutely. But this is like Black Panther is still such a great comic with such great art, um, <laughs> and still and building off that, that that first arc as well. Absolutely, all the characters and themes. Absolutely, with a really shocking ending, and we got an in, like great, great um, back matter this month as well, which is a conversation between Tanahisi Coates and Ryan Coogler. Yeah, wrote and directed Black really, Panther, really cool, which was really good. Um, there's excellent moments uh, featuring Storm and yep. uh, featuring the dude. Fury. Also featuring the dude from the Wrecking Crew, who is now part of the Doctor Franklin, aka the Ball Guy. The Ball Guy. He's got a big, big old ball. He's got big balls. Um, but yeah, this is like a, just a really fun action comic. And if you're if you're someone that was put off by the wordiness of those of those first issues, you didn't you know see the value in sticking through and seeing what Tanahisi Coates had to say. Um, I would highly recommend coming on board since this legacy. Renumbering has started on Black Panther. It's been a really accessible, fun action comic. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, and uh, I reckon that's going to be the side that we're going to see him bring to at least the first few issues of Captain America before kind of... I reckon that's my prediction is that it'll get, it will get political quite quickly, but mm. it won't start out that way. Mm, I look um, forward to it. Whatever he does, I think it's going to be really clever. Can you explain the, the shocking ending to this, this issue? Yeah. Is the return of a character called Asira? Yeah, wasn't this the character that... From, 
Black Panther Pre- has been looking for in the last couple of issues. Uh, it's like an ex-girlfriend, that's right. I think. Yeah, cool. I got I got mixed. Yeah, so and who was in Christopher Priest's Black Panther run too, I think. Yes. Okay, cool. All right. Oh, good. Very good. Um, it wasn't so much a shock. You know when you like... When someone shows up and they say their name, you're like, oh, fuck, who's that supposed yeah, to be again? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That was like the biggest thing when, when getting into comics, especially Marvel ones. Yeah, totally. Um, it would be, especially X comics as well. It'd be like, Dr. You know, something. And you're like, oh, man, I don't know who that is. Good Lord. Um, whatever. Um, so speaking of X books, let's talk about some X books. Nice. Starting with the Despicable Deadpool number 295, uh, in which uh, Deadpool finishes his uh, his promise to... St- is it strife um, yep. and and kills his last person uh, so that his daughter can live mm-hmm. um, and uh, he was tasked with basically killing someone that he loves which is the young um, version kid apocalypse mm-hmm. Evan Evan yeah um, and uh, we see him pull some bullshit to make it seem like he's he's killed Evan um, and of course sends um, Colossus and uh, and uh, Kitty Pride after him to protect him. Mm-hmm. And there's a great moment of Kitty Pride phasing just like random objects into Deadpool to hurt him, mm-hmm. which I thought was funny. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, good this is use like, of her powers. This has been such a dark arc. I know it's very sad. The ending was very sad. Um, a real bummer. Like he, the Deadpool's having to do, you know, a lot, a, the, the just the shit that a mercenary has to do, and he hates doing it, but he has to do it. Yep. Um, there's a few jokes in this, but this is probably like the Deadpool issue with the least jokes that I've ever read. Yeah, totally. Um, and, but it was uh, good. It was yeah, great. Great it, solid cartooning. Again, this is, this run's been written by Jerry Duggan, who's doing ex- he's done just a great job on on Deadpool since he started, um, and art by Scott Coblish and uh, colors by Ruth Redmond. A good team, good issue. Yeah. All new Wolverine issue number thirty one this week, written by uh, Tom Taylor, with uh, art by Marco Faella and uh, Nolan Wooded on colors. Uh, this is another issue that featured Deadpool. Yep. <coughs> it was a team up between Honey Badger, Gabby. And Deadpool, as uh, they take Jonathan the Wolverine out for a walk, and mm-hmm. Jonathan uh, realizes that his family he has a, he has a translator on, so he can talk, uh, which He's is great. <laughs> um, and uh, he finds the research facility that he was Where experimented he was on. Yeah, and uh, this is just a pretty like it's a pretty straight up revenge fantasy comic yep. starring a talking Wolverine. Yep, and it was really really fun. There are lots of cute zombie animals that are maimed throughout the issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we see... Uh, the Gabby-Deadpool relationship continues to be cute. Yeah, really like sweet. like she keeps his name in her phone as Pool Dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really fun. This is a great one-shot and, uh, you know, a pretty uh, pretty telling of what this run has been, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you need a good example of, of why people like this run so much, including us. Uh, this is a good issue to start, start have a little window, window into this world. Yeah, absolutely. Really fun. Um, good job, Tom Taylor. I hope Tom Taylor is given just more and more opportunities to be a great writer because yeah. uh, he's one of my favorites at the moment. Absolutely. He's doing incredible things and across the board. You know what else he's doing, Siobhan? He's doing, he's doing free comic book day. He's doing free comic book day at King's Comics in Sydney. I'm very, I'm very excited, guys. What's the date of free comic book day this year? Free comic book day is May 5th, Saturday, May 5th mm-hmm. um, in Sydney, Australia. We're going to have a really big day. It's going to be really, really good fun. Keep an eye out. I'll be putting up details about that on the King's Facebook page soon. But I'm very excited that Tom's going to be there. Yeah, it's super great. And there's going to be all kinds of other great creators uh-huh. um, from uh, Australia that are going to be at King's on yep. that day, which is Absolutely. super exciting. It's going to be a really good day. And that's like one of the big things that you work on outside of the podcast yes. uh, at King's. Yes. Yeah. My main thing that I do. Awesome. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Day. Yeah. Should be fun. Well, You're going to be there too. Yes, That's apparently. part of our day. Levens yeah. is going to be there. I'm, yeah, I'm just going to be here. I'm just going to sit in a chair and yep. you can uh, come get a high five. Yeah. 
for for a price. Um, <laughs> it's so the I read non free part of the conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's not free high five day. <laughs> That's May seven. <laughs> Um, Legion, issue number two, written by Peter Milligan and Wilfredo Torres on art with colours by Dan Brown. You tapped out after the first issue. Yep. I thought I would give the second issue a try. And I spent the entirety of it wishing that characters from uh, Simon Spurrier's uh, X-Men Legacy run, which was, of course, a Legion book, uh, would show up. And they never did. And I was just like, this is a very different Legion to the one I love. Yeah. And so I don't think I'm going to continue, even though I love the uh, Gabriel Rodriguez um, sorry, Javier Rodriguez covers. They're awesome. And the interiors by Wilfredo Torres are really good too. I just, uh, there's, there's parts of the, of, of the story that I like. I like that it's a, that there's like a, you know, a, a famous psychologist, uh, psychiatrist, sorry, like with like doing, mm-hmm. assessing him from within his head. That's a fun vibe, but like, I, I want to see all the, the weirdos in his head from X-Men Legacy and they're not there. Mm, new weirdos. Boo. Uh, I hate new weirdos. <laughs> So I won't be continuing with this one, unfortunately. Moon Girl or Spider-Man? Well, I'll just do a really quick Spider-Man. So this was issue 300, legacy renumbering of Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Adam Kubert. That's crazy that Chip Zdarsky's written 300 issues of Spider-Man in less than a year. Uh, Art also by Juan Frigeri, colors by Jason Keith. The main thing you want to get this for is the gorgeous Marcus Martin Oh, who's one of my favorite old Spider-Man artists? Totally, like um, just Marvel artists in general. I wish he would do interiors and something again soon. Absolutely agreed. <laughs> um, but this is an incredibly dull um, arc with not much that happens. Oh, there was an extra story at the end, and I didn't even read it because I got so bored by it. <laughs> and of course, it end. probably cost what nine ninety five or something. Because yeah, this is a big fat. Uh, it's a five ninety nine US, so I guess that was about eight ninety nine Australian. Fun. Not worth it, Damn. friends. Mm. Sorry. Also not earned to just suddenly say this is issue 300. No. It would be a bizarre. Classic comics, though. Uh, Moon Girl, issue number 28, um, is uh, the continuation of the Fantastic Three arc mm. in which Johnny Storm and The Thing... Sorry, what was it? Human Torch and The Thing. What's what's Benjamin Grimm? Benjamin um, Grimm. T- team up with Moon Girl um, and try and take down... Uh, what's his name? Skullroot or something like <laughs> that. The, uh, the Super Scroll. What's oh, his yeah, name? yeah. Cool, Super Scroll. Cool Roots or something, whatever nah. his name is, yeah. Whatever. Who is <laughs> Clort? the herald Clort? of... Om- Clart. Clart, Om- thank you. <laughs> Omnipotentus. Great. Yep. Excellent. Hilarious name. Who is the universe devourer. So even Galactus is like, fuck you guys. And so they get their butts kicked um, and um, Moon Girl's like, it's because we're three, we need to be a Fantastic Four. And so this ends with her trying to recruit a fourth person who I hope will be Devil Dinosaur. Me too. But it looks like it might be just the kid that lives up the road from her that loves comic books, <laughs> which that's fun too. But he's also like, isn't he um, an expert? Cree? Something like that? Oh, is he right? I, know, so I just know he's an expert in comics. Um, yeah, I like him. And this is the return of Natasha Bustos. And God, it's glorious return. Absolutely. It's so good. Um, I love this book. Written just by, forever. Just written forever. By it's great. Brandon Montclair. Art by Natasha Bustos with colors by Tamara Bonvian. Uh, just, a, just a favorite. Yeah, absolutely. And then the cover for next month's issue is excellent. Is it really? Oh, God damn, that's a good one. Yeah, it's you're beautiful. right. Lovely. Cool. Um, so now let's talk about Moon Knight, issue number 192. Different vibe. <laughs> Very different. Uh, they're just, they're, they're, it's Moon Knight, Moon Girl, Moon Knight. It's alphabetical. Yeah. <laughs> Um, issue number nine, 192, written by Max Bemis with art by Eddie Burrows, continuing this arc. Uh, inks by Guillermo Ortego, colors by Matt Lopez. Crazy Runs in the Family, part five, <coughs> in which um, Moon Knight um, 
he's a family man now and has to uh, uh, save his uh, ex partner. Is it Marlene? Marlene? Uh, from the hands of the of the Bushman mm-hmm. um, and that new guy who Rah. has five powers. Um, and this book is like it's it's still pretty good and fun and lots of cool ideas. It just uh, isn't as strong as those first issues, I don't think. I still really like it. It's really like again, it's just really silly, free for all, crazy, yeah, Moon Knight nonsense. It's a lot more like. Um, like upbeat and funny. That's very true. Than uh, any of the previous Moon Knight runs, which I sort of appreciated just in terms of like, I think this is a character who you can do like infinite things with. So it's fun to have just a bit of a tonal shift. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy this. Uh, what it's I really enjoyed is this like vision of the Marvel universe where Moon Knight's role in it different. Mm-hmm. And at one point we see him like drawn as the Herald of Galactus. Then we see him as like, Friendly Sentinels. Friendly as, as like like a classic kind of like 80s Wolverine and Kitty Pride wave them as they fly away. And then them, I guess, becoming the Fantastic Four instead of the Fantastic Four. Or like making it so that the Fantastic Four don't have the horrifying accident yeah. or something. It's really cool. Really, really fun. Um, I kind of and want, the art is so gorgeous. Yeah, the arts, Eddie Burrows is such a great get for Marvel. Absolutely. And I hope he, they, they, they keep him on for a while. Uh, yeah, this is a cool... This is, it, it, look, I, I'm, I'm still enjoying this. Like you, I just... Yeah. Um, I just it's not living up to the potential of those first that first issue for me, but it's still good. And maybe yeah. I'll maybe I'll, maybe I'll be swung back to that the, the glory days of that number one all those years ago. It wasn't even number one; it was like one hundred and eighty-seven. Yeah, those are the days. Um, final Marvel review is of Darth Vader issue twelve, um, which has been written by Charles Soule with art by Giuseppe Camicoli, uh, inks by Danielle. Orlandini in Colors by David Curiel. Uh, it's pretty much what if Darth Vader was the Punisher. Um, oh, and cool. doesn't, you know, it's, I mean, like, but like the good Punisher who doesn't really talk much. The one on um, the jet ski? Just the force. Yeah, that's right. It's Darth <laughs> Vader on a jet ski flying through space. Yes. Uh, with his shirt off. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, but what's enjoyable about this is, yeah, it is like, he's just like, it's, you know, he is a force of nature in the movies and this comic really gets that aspect of him right without trying to humanize him too much. Um, and I, I, I really appreciate that part. I don't think the story, the story is not quite as strong as it was in Kieran Gillen, but I don't think that's important. I think the, the, the tone and the vibe make this a really compelling read. Cool. I'm enjoying it. It's the only Star Wars book I'm reading now, um, but I, I like it. Nice. Although I might keep on with Thrawn. Oh, yeah? More of that in future weeks if I remember to keep on with Thrawn. Nice. <laughs> um, so let's talk about DC books now, um, and we're going to begin with uh, issue number 975, um, wow, very big of DC not to make this one because, you know, they normally do something for every 25th issue as well. Mm. Um, I thought they would make this an extra size issue. No. Very big. Well done, DC. Yeah. Uh, issue 975 of Detective Comics um, written by James Tinney and the fourth uh, with, uh, I think, that the best art team this book really gets is uh, mm-hmm. the one on this one. Um, Eddie Barrows, is it? No, this is... Oh, actually, that's another one. I'm, I'm forgetting about him. But I really like um, Alvaro Martinez, who mm-hmm. does the pencils on this one, with Raul Fernandez and Colors by Brad Anderson. So I really like... This is the DC house style I want. Yeah, totally. It's like really, really classic, but still kind of fun looking and, and, mm-hmm, and a mm-hmm. bit stylized as well. Um, so this is the, the trial of the Bat, of Batwoman. Um, after Batwoman uh, fatally shoots uh, Clayface, who was mm-hmm. about to rage out in the last issue, um, all of the Bat family, including those uh, members that we have not seen in, in Detective Comics, so we get the addition of Batgirl and Damien and Jason and Dick are all here as well mm-hmm. um, to basically help Batman decide what to do with Kate Kane after she shoot, shot 
um, Clayface. Mm-hmm. And um, I loved, even though this is like, this is the kind of thing that I would fucking hate Bendis for doing. Yeah, it's like a really talky issue. It's, it's, own, own, it's no action, all talk. Mm. Um, and uh, it was basically like, you know, all of the different relationships between the Bat family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, they fucking all hate and accuse Batman of being the worst. And I, I would love for a writer to just let them grow past that. Never. We're going to like rebel against your dad, right? I hate that shit. I just want them to be like, just, just make Batman like <laughs> an okay guy. Like a dad. No, I just like, <laughs> like I, I, I've, just, I've read that story so many times and I just like, I, I don't know why every writer is obsessed with questioning whether or not Batman is doing the right thing. I guess it's because he's always <laughs> like presented as like above reproach. And so uh, I think some of the best Batman stories we get is when he makes the wrong call because he's so powerful. Yeah, but you know I, I mean? feel like every book he's in at the moment is he's he's making the wrong call. That's a lot of bad mistakes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is st- this is still a really really fun issue. Um, in 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 which uh, we we have all the Bat family weigh in on what mm-hmm. what what they should do with 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 Cat Kane, um, and I think uh, you know I was w- very worried about DC doing to Kate to Batwoman what they've done to Captain Marvel over at Marvel mm-hmm. and make her this kind of like really unlikable military woman. Yeah, and I, even though like she has shades of that in her final decision, I think they still make her her thinking nuanced enough to mm-hmm. avoid her going full full uh full Danvers. Yeah. <laughs> Never go full Danvers. <laughs> yep, I enjoy it. I hope that there's a bit more um focus on Cassandra Kane. Mm. Just because I like her. But she's in mourning, I think. You know, she's. Yeah. it makes sense for her to be kind of sitting this issue out. Yeah, totally. Uh, but yeah, great. Th- this is good. Like I said, this this book definitely has its high, highs and lows and it, it always it always keeps me reading. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great, it's a great um, run. Where um, James Tinney in the fourth, I think, is finishing off his run on oh, Detective no. Comics. I, was this the last issue or no? Really? That's a, that's a bummer. I don't, I don't know that. He is, he is finishing up on Detective soon, but I think it's he's had such a strong run and it's been such a a great return to the style of detective comics that I, I love. Definitely. The celebration. So of I'll miss him on the book. That bat, massive bat family. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything that's happened in Batman, you know, it's, it's great. The best bat book celebrate the history. Absolutely. Um, action comics number 998. God, I just, I looked at the cover and it was like called bloody family. And I was Blood like, and family. No way. Um, Booster Gold's in it though, and uh, it, the Booster oh, stuff in this. Oh, I love this, this version of Booster Gold. The Booster stuff in this is pretty fun. Well, I mean, isn't Dan Jurgens like? Is he the creator? No, not the creator of Booster Gold, but he's like one of the more beloved writers of Booster Gold. Yeah. Um, it, it, they're stuck in between time, and uh, because of because Booster stopped Superman from watching Krypton dying because mm-hmm. he didn't want to create a time bubble or some. You know, comicsy bullshit. That's fine. But now they're on some weird planet, future planet where the Zods rule. Oh, cool! <laughs> and and uh, they escape. Blah blah blah. It's it's fun and and cool. And then uh, Skeet's um, Booster Gold's beloved robot mm-hmm. um, is destroyed in the last issue, but Ooh. he transferred his consciousness to an Eradicator unit. Oh, cool! And so oh, now it's really yeah, really <laughs> fun. Um, but <laughs> we then see them um, go back on earth and also back in time to save John Kent and, uh, and Lois Lane. Um, and so this has been written by Dan Jurgens with, um, art by Will Conrad and, um, and colors by Ivan Nunez. And I don't, you know, we always, you know, one of the biggest criticisms of art is, uh, people 
not like artists having no idea what children look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Conrad right, draws John Kent to look like a forty-year-old re- like <laughs> reporter. Weird. Very very That's strange. No good. Um, but about, apart from that, it was a pretty enjoyable issue. Um, and I guess this is his like third to last issue of. I think he has like a, he's writing part of Action, but then is Ben is taking over both Action and Superman. Um, Possibly. I don't know. Before, well, let's just find out when it happens. Don't yeah. tell us. <laughs> uh, so now we'll talk about um, the book that I just am so surprised that I'm a fan of because it <clears throat> features an artist who I'm, you know, up and pretty hot and cold with, mm. um, John Romita Jr., and a writer who we we started this episode complaining about, Dan yeah. Dan Abnett. Um, this is uh, the Silencer, the second issue of this run, which is uh, one of the. Uh, the new age of DC heroes. Um, I still think she has one of the goofiest costumes. The costume sucks. With a little brim, a little hat brim. Yeah. What's that about? Uh, just, I could just trying to be a point of difference. Otherwise, she just looks like a, looks like a mummy. Mm. This mummy. But that would be cool because she is a mummy. That's true. Um, she is a, 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 a reincarnated Egyptian god. Yes. Wait. <laughs> uh, she's not. She has a child. Um, so this, yeah, she's basically like an ex-assassin who has the ability to create bubbles of silence so people can't hear her kill people, basically, Mm -hmm. or or, or fight with somebody. And, uh, after so many years out of the game in which she started her own family, uh, she's brought, pulled back into it Mm -hmm. and, uh, she's now trying to get back out of it. Um, and it's, you know, you've read similar stories to this before, but I just find, I guess the energy that that yeah. Romita Jr. brings in his art, and even the writing, just feels quite fresh and simple. Absolutely, it's just a real breeze to to read, and I and I, I quite enjoy it. Yeah, it's surprisingly enjoyable. It reminds me, it's like, um, like what if John Wick was a black woman with a child in the DC universe? She's, she's Polynesian. She's Polynesian. She's got she's got. There's a really embarrassing interview with John Romita Jr. In which oh yeah, he said that he he he's met heaps of Polynesians and he loves their tattoos. So that, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so don't don't read that. Instead, read this issue. Uh, it's I, it's a surprisingly it's fun series. Yeah, yeah, called the Silencer. Um, yeah, this I is, like the idea of this like assassiny underworld in the DC universe. Totally, cool. and, and Talia Al Ghul is just like a a, a, a quiet. Like she's not a threat in this book. She's mm. an old friend of, mm. of Silencer, who she who they used to work together. And I like seeing her as just this like fun, not fun, but like you know, just like a, on the same level as as the hero, as opposed to like being this force of nature, evil. Totally. Which is how we always see her in a Batman book. Um. So let's move over to now to De- the Demon Hell is Earth, um, issue number four of six, written by Andrew Constant with art by Brad Walker, who is also going to be. At Free Comic Book Day at King's Comics. Wow, Andrew Constant. Very cool. Um, so, yeah, Australian writer. Um, and uh, inks on this one by Andrew Hennessy. Colours by Chris Sotomayor. <coughs> and uh, this is, uh, yeah, the, the Etrigan, um, the demon story, uh, in which he's been separated from Jason Blood. And this is kind of like a, uh, a road trip through hell mm-hmm. um, featuring... Madame Xanadu. Madame Xanadu and Merlin. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I... Um, this is uh, definitely on the, on the wordier side of things, but I really, really enjoyed Etrigan. Um, as he gets more confident, he just cannot help but rhyme. Mm-hmm. And I really, really thought that was... Th- th- there was some very good rhyming. Absolutely. In the, in it's issue. a really fun touch. I like that Etrigan is this sort of big, overpowered version. And we see this Etrigan who has been rejected by hell and so is full of kind of... 
shame and vengeance. It's it's really cool. It's a really clever take on the yeah, definitely like Jason yeah, Blood Etrigan thing. And he, I, he, I really he, mo- he moves between feeling like you know his tail between his legs to then mm. being like you forget how powerful I am, you motherfucker. Yeah, and then That's he says great. a word that rhymes with motherfucker. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, 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 this is a, a, a fun, you know, hellish magic book, which those things don't necessarily appeal to me, but I think it's written, written well. Yeah, and, I and the art's great. The art. I Enjoy love the, the inks. It's very moody. Uh, so over to um, Vertigo now, unless you've got some... Oh, you've got some DC books. What are you doing reading this? <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I also read Justice League of America issue 25 because I quite liked that last issue, which had Promethea in it. Right. Um, but this is referencing... The like all of the previous stuff, which has a character called Lord Havoc in it, um, so it was pretty confusing, and I don't love the art. It's written by Steve Orlando still. It's written by Steve Orlando, um, but you know it's not bad. I feel like if you'd been reading this whole series, you'd, you'd get some good stuff out of it. But um, it's a bit <coughs> over my head. Maybe. Right, you gonna stick with it? Nope. Uh, and then I also <laughs> read issue twenty of Batgirl. Written by Hope Larson with art by what's their name? Goose. Sammy Sammy oh, Basri, which I really like. I really like um, their art on this. Colors also gorgeous by Jessica Colleen. And this sees Batgirl once again coming up against the Penguin's um, illegitimate son, who's now called Black Sun. Um, and it's quite a funny, like, it's still got that slightly, like, techie angle mm-hmm. where um, Black Sun has come up with this tech. Or oh, he stole this tech from Batgirl's new um, sort of oracle, almost. Right. Who's this guy called Kadir, who um, made this technology that makes you feel positively about people. It doesn't like, it just influences you gently to make you feel good about stuff. Okay. And then um, Black Sun steals it so that Penguin can run for mayor. Okay. Pretty fun. And that, I, I think that was like building up to something quite fun, but then they kind of defeated him in this issue and so we're never going to see penguin mayor um but i'm i'm i like this arc i think hope larson's done some good stuff with the character after the sort of back girl of burnside stuff which was so sort of iconic yeah i think that she's done a really good job and um i like i like her babs yeah i re- having her show up in detective this week i was like ah oh, i miss Batgirl. girl yeah totally I babs should, is good i should read more of this absolutely um actually i i i, I peeked back into the world of the flash this week and read oh, yeah. issue number 41 of the flash uh in which um, i consider it Every fortnight. <laughs> well, it's pretty fun, and this ties back into the the the, the Godspeed arc that we the, the first okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. the first uh, uh, I was going to call it say DC Legacy DC Rebirth mm. uh, run. Um, but at the moment, yeah, Wally is the Flash because Barry's lost his powers. And Gor- oh no, Gorilla Grodd's in this. I don't really, like. I, I, I keep going like, yeah, I want more Wally, and then I get the Wally stuff, and it's really boring. No, I don't want that Wally. Yeah, exactly. I want classic Wally. Um. So yeah, uh, but but yeah, the. the there's an unlikely pairing uh, of uh, of friend and foe at the end of this issue that I thought was pretty fun. Lovely. Um, so yeah, cool, cool little issue. Um, I, 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 I'm, I like dipping in and out of the Flash. It's it's never bad. Again, it's mm. written by um, Joshua Williamson. Um, and I think what 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 always stops me from getting super into it is the the art changes so frequently. I know. On this book, I wish DC um, would un- realize. It's so it's so funny because I feel like every now and again they they experiment with having just one artist on a book and, and making a bu- people, book monthly. People respond really well to it and yeah. they're like, "That was cool." Now we're never doing that again. Yeah, look, it's still not as dumb as what Marvel doing with the renumbering bullshit again. So I can't even. Yeah, uh, but the, the, the art in this one was actually pretty good, Carlos Deander. But um, I really like that other guy. Um, his name sounds like just said become a collie, but it's not. 
Mm. It's, it's like, you know, it's, 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 it's another Italian. There's lots of syllables mm. for me to remember. I, nice. I don't remember any of them. Uh, so final DC book is a Vertigo book um, written by Simon Spurrier. He is He's very prolific at the moment. Busy boy. Um, uh, this is Motherland's <laughs> issue number two um, and uh, has art by Stephen Byrne. Or see, it says he's a guest artist on this issue. I, I can't remember who did the art on the first one. Me neither. But it didn't seem too different. No. <laughs> um, colors by Philippe Sobrero and Stephen Byrne. Um, this is about uh, set in this crazy future world um, in which uh, there are like various hitmen and mercenaries uh, taking bounties and uh, you know going taking them down for reality television. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's a unfortunate, the unlikely pairing of. Uh, of a mother and a daughter, a strange daughter and a mother who was once like a very famous for the wrong reasons. She used to like get her tits out, get her tits out for the tel- for the camera, um, and now she's confined to like this strange kind of uh, robotic wheelchair and has uh, this old tech in her eye that makes her vital to um, her daughter finding a target, which is her brother. The biggest bounty that has ever been offered, which is for her brother, who is a terrorist. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we learn like a little bit of their, their past, mm-hmm. um, both the, 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 the mother's past as uh, you know at the, at the height of her fame, and also um, the daughter as she was with her mother and, and not with her father, which her brother was. Mm-hmm. And we learn some some you know shitty truths about her about her history, and then we meet uh, various other mercenaries who are also trying to tra- take down the brother. I really enjoy this series. Uh, this this issue I thought was stronger than the first one and uh, cemented that I'm going to keep reading. And it's very nice to have a book which is so heavily female-led so you don't just get the sort of terrifics issue of being just the girl character. Yeah, I'm the girl they're one. They're all women and they're all different and they're all unique and I really like it. Yeah, it's definitely. Great. It's and great fun. The, there's, there's a lot of comedy in this mm-hmm. and uh, you know it doesn't all land but it definitely adds to... It being quite a fun read, even though it deals with some pretty heavy um, things about mm-hmm. family and about killing. Um, it's, uh, and about yeah. killing your family. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's enjoyable. It's great. Yeah. And I think um, Sysperia does a, does a good job of creating um, a really far out world with its own sort of rules and Definitely. stuff. I think he's good at that. Sometimes. In this instance, he's very good at it. (laughs) Uh, So those are our DC reviews. Now we've got some image ones to review, and we're going to start with the return of one of everyone's favorite books, Saga, issue number 49, written by uh, Brian K. Vaughan with art by Fiona Staples. Um, One of the funniest covers it's had in a long time. Such a brilliant cover. And the most classic, like, you always slightly hope you're going to open up Saga and the first page is going to have a dong, and we were were not. Hold on. Um, Just bear with me for a second, everybody. Need to quickly ring the bell. Dong watch. Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, the page one of Saga is the Will's dong. Great. And he's, also the rest of the Will. He's been uh, he's been forced to get in shape by someone who's kind of like taking him captive because uh, he was quite fat in a yeah. couple of arcs ago. This is the this is the extent of spoilering. I'll I'll spoil for you for, for readers that haven't quite caught up to this that the Will. Is uh he's he's not as fat as he used to be. Yeah, <laughs> this is so extremely not as, ripped as he has been. No, but he's not as fat as he once was. So he um yeah at one point he's just told to to give to do a thousand <laughs> to dro- drop and give me a thousand, um and that, that would definitely make somebody fit for sure. But look, there's there's a there's a return to um two fan favorite characters in mm-hmm. this um and uh, of course like you know seeing the ongoing dramas of uh, the saga family. 
Um, it's an extremely hard book to talk about because I, I, I know, know people it. are so sensitive to spoilers and fair enough. I would hate for this to be spoiled also. But, but this is awesome. It, this was such a great issue. It's setting up like the next arc, which is going to be so great and interesting. And I I love... What's his called? What's the, what's that guy's name? Robot King Robot King Robot Prince Prince Robot, Robot. Prince Robot. He's one of my favorite characters, and I love um, I love Hazel. I love how yep. she's developed. I love how clever and cruel she is. Like yes, all me little too. kids are. Yep. I love Gus. I love when you just get that back shot of Gus and his little butt with his butt, butt things butt hanging, out. hanging out. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> it's such a perfect comic, guys. It's such a perfect comic, and we, it's going to be the fiftieth issue soon. That's crazy. So insane. How many love issues it. do you hope it gets to? 100. 100. No, I don't know. Exactly However, Exactly one log, long box full. Sorry, mm, short box full. Satisfying. Yeah. I think as long as it goes to the point that they are happy with, I am happy. Ah, fuck you. Fuck me. Am I right? <laughs> um, yeah, great book. Saga, you should all be reading it. Yeah, I love it. Um, it look, if, if enough people write to us and say, I'm reading Saga... Talk about it in spoilers. Mm. We'll start talking about it in spoilers. But so many people trade weight it. I know, I get it. But I don't want to. I just want people to write to us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lonely. Yeah, because we're going to spoil it if you don't. <laughs> uh, Royal City, issue number 10, um, written and drawn oh, by Jeff Lemire. That's a sad issue. My goodness, it was a sad issue. Um, we, uh, we I feel are... like Jeff Lemire was a sad teen. And as someone who was a sad teen, I identify. <laughs> I, 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 maybe I was, I was, yeah. I feel like you were a happy teen. No. I, I can't imagine you ever being I, sad. I pushed through the sadness oh, and, nice. and I became a happy teen. That's good. That was, the, I think, teenage, teenage years are definitely when I became, like, just decided that <laughs> I'm going to be. You oriented yourself. Yeah. Um, in the happy direction. Yeah. Uh, I started being friends with girls instead of guys. That was, good that was a big, call. that was a big part of me being happy. Um, uh, so, uh, sorry, as well as guys. All right. Lovely. <laughs> um, uh, Royal city issue number 10. This, uh, this whole arc has been set in the nineties and, uh, details the last week of one of the characters lives. And, uh, we are getting very, very close to the end of this character's life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we see a lot of, we see him have, you know, cl- pretty close to a great day. Uh, yeah. Compared to all the other issues uh, in this arc, except for this sort of <coughs> impending doom hovering over his head. Yeah, and he. Yeah, I, I like that Lemire kind of has some nice things happen to him. You know, yeah, between his family members and 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 between other people in in, in town. Yeah. Um. And uh, but yeah, he's so good at dread. Yeah. Lemire, it's like he just is that that looming, like, oh no. Yeah. And just that sort of sad ache in your gut. Yep. He's he's the master. This is his saddest book, too, Royal City. Like, Which is such a tough yeah. <laughs> call. If we're ranking them in terms of sadness, <laughs> I don't know. I'm that like... is a good bonus episode. <laughs> Jeff Lemire's entire. I, re- I think I've read everything he's done. I could I probably pretty close. I could rank everything he's done in terms not, of sadness. Let's do that in the future. That'd be re- that. that would be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read all of his superhero stuff, which tends to be less sad. But like between what was that um the most recent graphic novel he did that was like oh, just gorgeous. Um, and so sad. Fuck about yeah. the failed hockey guy yeah. who lives in the hockey rink with his sister who's having a baby to this, someone who beats her. Like yeah, oh my the, god. The, the key to his sad stuff is that he has to also draw it too because yeah. no one does sad eyes like Lemire. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. We haven't even talked about Sweet Tooth. Good lord. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's great. I love it. Yeah. Um yeah, so uh, yeah, Royal City's excellent. Another one that you should definitely be reading yeah, alongside absolutely. Saga. One of the, one of Image's best. 
Speaking of Images Best, mm. it was so good to get the finale of uh, a really, really great mini series uh, that Image put out just in February to celebrate Valentine's Day over the course of the whole month. Uh, it's Twisted Romance, um, a, a project that was put together by writer Alex DeCampi, who wrote the main story of each mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a different artist on each of the main stories, uh, and then a piece of prose and a, a bonus comic mm-hmm. um, uh, in each in each uh, issue. This one came with the longest bonus comic, mm-hmm. uh, which was written and drawn. I think this was the main comic. This was written by... Uh, oh, whoops. Yeah, that's right. Ax Campy with art by Trungle. Whoops. Yeah, that's right. I've never heard of. But then the, main, the, the, the bonus comic was also big. The Legacies um, mm-hmm. one by um, Sarah Rineford Searle. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot, the longest one of the backup comics that we got so far. Yeah. But, the, the main story is so beautiful. It's illustrated it, like the most gorgeous, detailed fairy tale but is about domestic abuse yeah and is heartbreaking and gorgeous and like so tonally perfect that art which looks like like almost like woodblock kind of yeah, absolutely. Like, carvings mm-hmm. um by who's it trundle trungles? trungles never heard of trungles but if you want to go check them out they're on tumblr art of trungles um I've, man such a cool unique art style that i absolutely. would love to see more of yeah 100 uh, percent Beautiful, beautiful colors, really unique, really different. And you get just uh, like, this is so unique because you get such an array of different gender and sexual identities that you don't really get to see illustrated in a really respectful, intelligent, kind way. I just love it. And it's a massive, each issue is like, you know, like 60 plus pages Mm. and it's $3.99. Absolutely. That's crazy. It's so uh, good. No it's, ads. It's just, yeah, it's beautiful. And so I, I think the uh, the trade should be out hopefully a month from now. And so we'll definitely let you know about it. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. If, if you love reading romance comics for, told from a different, you know, point of view that to your average romance story, yeah. this is awesome. Absolutely. So good. Exploring Something themes. Yeah, definitely. I loved it. So great. Uh, Voyage Trip, issue number four, uh, written by Ryan oh, O'Sullivan. I didn't actually get to this. And Plaid Klaus. That's a shame. Yeah, because uh, this is a book that I wasn't on board with at first, and then I I, I I did grow to like quite a lot. It's a void trip is about like a almost like a you know fear and loathing in Las Vegas mm-hmm. in space book about two uh, wasted heroes mm-hmm. um, na- narrowly avoiding death, although mm-hmm. one of them did not in the last issue. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is like a kind of poignant farewell to this character, um, in which we learn the backstory between him and the main character. I feel like if they, I mean, maybe that he always has that this creative team always knew this would be a short run, but having having four issues into it, I think a little bit was lost in the farewell right. to this character. Yeah. Um, like I felt like I should have been feeling more emotions because it was so well done. Mm. But I was like, oh, but like, is it? We're only four issues in. Who cares? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that said, it was it was really good. Plague Klaus's art is awesome. Yeah. So cool. So so great. Um, it's just a lot to read this week, and I didn't get to it. It was. It was we're having we're having big week after big week, uh, ever since we started this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, like you know, all, all kinds of uh, betrayal and uh, and drugs going on in this book. Um, Great. It's, it's it's an enjoyable romp. Oh wait, and the next issue is the final issue. So there you go. Uh, interesting series. Definitely <laughs> don't 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 let this one don't 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 drop this before it finishes. Yeah, read that up. final one with me. Um, the final issue of Underwinter, A Field of Feathers, came out. Uh, issue number five of this book, written and drawn by Ray Fawkes, featuring this uh, crazy, you know, horror tale that didn't seem to have anything to do with the story that we've seen mm-hmm. the last four issues be about, which mm-hmm. has been about a, um, a, a, a son and daughter um, on the run with their father from their mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
instead we get a story that kind of almost felt more in line with the first volume of Underwinter mm-hmm. about musicians and demons. Um, and then it, that story ends and it has the kids actually like looking at the person who told them the story saying like, what the fuck are you talking about? What mm. has this got to do with us? Mm. And I guess all will be revealed in the next volume of Underwinter. Um, and even though I'm frequently lost while reading this comic, I, I await it with bated, bated breath. Absolutely. It is a beautiful, bizarre, spooky, unsettling book that is totally unique yeah. and really gorgeous. It should be more celebrated, I think. Absolutely. Like, each page is... I mean, I, like, I would love to know a little bit about how he goes about doing these pages because, like, I don't know. I'm assuming his work isn't digital because it's these, like, beautiful sort of... Watercolor. Watercolors, yeah. but, like, they... Uh, has he just done these huge paintings? Yeah, with big scratchy pencils, and they're so cool, aren't they? Yeah, it's um, really lovely. Yeah, really, really good. I, um, if you were a fan of like Gaiman, Neil Gaiman horror, yeah, 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 definitely yeah. Uh, give this one a shot. Absolutely. The, the, the first trade's already out, and this second trade isn't too far behind. A really unique and cool book. One hundred percent. So the next two books um, are books that unfortunately are, they, they're on the chopping block. Right. We can talk about yeah. one that, the one that's further in. Uh, issue 10 of Motor Crush came out this week, written by Brandon Fletcher, um, Cameron Stewart, and Babs Tarr, um, the team best known for the uh, the Batgirl of Burnside run mm-hmm. over at DC. This is their book about a, um, a world of, of motor racing and, uh, and illegal alien drugs that can allow you to drive faster, but they also need a necessary for the main character to live. Um, and what started as like a really fun book about motor racing and Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. street culture, um, in like another crazy world has kind of become this like weird fantasy book. Uh, yeah. And I just don't think the writing is good enough to warrant this massive tonal change. Yeah. I feel, I feel frequently incredibly lost in this book, which seems silly for something that should be so straightforward. And I miss the first sort of arc Mm -hmm. where it was just about like racing and shit that was cool i enjoyed that like i think that was this is a great example of keeping it simple and also like it really does feel like a, a style over substance yeah you said that you said that the last book. few issues like, it's, for sure it's gorgeous to look at but like i don't Babs know what the fuck's going beautiful. on yeah yeah so i think i just have to stop reading this or else my 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 reviews of each issue are just gonna get more and more negative and i don't yeah. want to go down that road i think that's fair i like occasionally a sort of checking back in but it it's not it doesn't feel like it's for me anymore. Yeah, like there is a race in this, but it's just again, it's, it's just each issue just tries to do so much, and there's yeah, so absolutely. much lore to remember now, yeah. and yeah, yeah, not great. Just make it bring it back a little bit. Um, the uh, second English book that I'm dropping uh, is the second. We got the second issue of um, Alice Scott's um, Alice Cott's, um Days of Hate, um, which is a pretty new book that he um, he started uh, with um, art by Danielle uh, Zazelge and uh, colors by Jody Belair. Um, and this is like a kind of, I guess it's kind of like most political book uh, right now. However, even though I, I, I kind of like, you know, it was a stretch to say I enjoyed the first issue, but there was enough there for me to latch onto. This is just like nothing that I liked about the first issue. It feels yeah. like it was written by like a year 12 student trying to do a political story. Like, that is kind of his vibe a little bit. Yeah, but this one was way too on the nose for me. And I also, I didn't really, I mean, maybe if you had both issues in front of you, you could sort of follow on but I didn't really understand how this followed on from the last issue I didn't recognise any of the characters the, and I think that has something to do yeah. with the art the ties were very very vague to the first issue 
I'm um, still, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to drop this one as well. I'm still really looking forward to the book that he has coming out with Trad Moore and Jordi Belair. Of course you do, yeah. Called The New World. I think that's going to be great. But um, that's mostly because of Trad Moore and Jordi Belair. Yes. Yeah, this is, uh, this is not, not, not the right artist for this kind of book, I don't think. For a very human kind of exploration, yeah. polit- political kind and of thriller. And it might be something that reads a little bit better in trade. Definitely it would. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just had to look. I'm loving his James Bond stuff at the moment. But this Absolutely. feels like a completely different writer for that. So those are our image uh, reviews, and now we have a handful of comics that were published by other publishers that we're going to talk about this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to kick it off with a book that comes out through a very independent publisher called Scout Comics. Um, the book is called Long Lost, and uh, this is written by Matthew Ehrman and Lisa Stirl. I have previously incorrectly described this as a miniseries. In fact, I thought this was the last issue, um, and I have been corrected by the writer of this comic oh, excellent. on Twitter <laughs> that it's, it's an ongoing. Thank you, Matthew. Um, uh, this book is about um, two sisters um, who uh, return to their hometown um, to discover that their mother is missing uh, under mysterious circumstances. Mm-hmm. It began as a kind of like straight, not straight, but like a, a, a bit simpler kind of horror book mm-hmm. um, with beautiful um, art by Lisa Stirl, mm-hmm. which hooked me immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we have learnt so much about about the two sisters, about the distance between them, about the distance between them and their mother, mm-hmm. and about the weird town that they've yeah. returned to and so Spooky much hometown. Yeah. So this is like a return to like the horror vibes, but it's a very different kind of horror. I, I just think this book is really unique and, and, and wonderful to read. Absolutely. I really enjoy this a lot. And I really like the, um, the, the sort of relationship between the sisters, which is strained, but then is so easy and like you sort of have those weird ongoing jokes that you have with your sisters and stuff like that I think it does a really great job of that relationship yeah and he, he it's not always like them talking about the plot sometimes it'll just let them have like a really silly conversation yeah. that has nothing to do with anything but that builds the characters so well absolutely um, I this is one of my favorite books of the year I think yeah same. like it's 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 really really cool and I'm glad that um, Jim from Kings ordered in a bunch of them same from a, and that's, like, that's you know one of the strengths of of, of Kings for mm-hmm. getting in taking a chance on on a very independent book like this absolutely um, and it's um I like how I like how slowly we're we're being fed information like they're not just feeding us everything in a um, big exposition. We oh, man, still g- know so little about what's going on here, and it's so. Um, I feel like I'm grabbing to all the details. Totally. I just want to know more. I'm not bored at all. I'm, you know, I'm just I'm really enjoying my time in this horrible town. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, looking forward to more issues of it. Uh, yeah, this is really cool. It's I, really I, I, know, cool. I know a few of our listeners have, have picked this up since we started talking. Uh, so positively about, and I ho- only hope more people do when it, when it comes yeah. out in trade. But like, I mean, yeah, like going back to like this being, you know, th- it's so cool that they're in a position that they're able to take their time with this book because you know, publishing Absolutely. your own comics is fucking expensive, mm-hmm. and like, it's definitely like you can tell this is a, a project of love, and I'm, I'm glad that they're allowing it to be told the way they want to tell it. Absolutely, and like, <laughs> I I think this is definitely one to support in single issues if you are able to do that this is a really worthwhile one because the covers are gorgeous as well definitely I would put this um, up there with Heathen in mm-hmm. terms of uh, independent books that I'm so happy that I, I've, I've read because, it, because we do this podcast absolutely yeah and Heathen's Fancies. like one of my favourite books ever mm. was that last week that was last week wasn't it that was, awesome. oh, that was a good issue <laughs> Um, so uh, another great issue was uh, this is out through Boom Studios this week um, issue two of Abbott written by Saladin Ahmed um, and art by Sammy Cavella 
and Jason Wordy. Um, and this is the um, 1970s Detroit set um, reporter, supernatural reporter book. Mm. <coughs> a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of stuff going on in this issue. Um, as we see uh, the reporter um, kind of face a, a supernatural being um, at the start who she gets rid of with her with her, the flash of her camera. Mm-hmm. Um, however, um, the supernatural being has marked her and can now mm-hmm. track her. And uh, she knows, you know, all she wants to do is kind of uh, report on uh, black crimes, or oh, sorry, r- r- crimes against black people in Detroit. That and, are not being followed up by the police or anyone else. Um, and uh, instead, she's been kind of brought into this awful kind of supernatural world that she knows nothing about, even though she has like ties to it in her past mm-hmm. um, through other characters that w- were more aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're introduced to this incredible character um, in this issue uh, who she has like a a relationship with in the past. Um, however, like she's basically like... the. the, the uh, I don't know, Sexy lady crime yeah, boss. Her name is Amelia Chi. Um, and yeah, she's like, she has like ties to the, uh, the crime underworld and just wants to see Abbott safe mm-hmm. and gives her a pistol. Um, and I, I love seeing this like almost like Catwoman esque kind of figure in this world. It really was a really, really fun moment uh, to have, have every panel that she was in was, was a lot of fun. I love this book. It looks brilliant. The art yeah. is so great. So great. Sammy Cavella is on this. Um, and, uh, yeah, just it's a it's a it's a really good to read. Like the, the, they're long issues, like and 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 mm-hmm. um, Ahmed pa- packs a lot in. Yeah, but, it's a uh, lot of content. But it's you know it's it's great world building stuff that draws you in as you read more of it. Absolutely, very cool series. Can't recommend this more highly. Yeah, um, Boom also put out a uh, another book that I read this week, and that is uh, Planet of the Apes Ursus, number two of six, written by David F. Walker, um, with illustrations by Chris Mooneyham, who uh, does an incredible job of. Um, uh, having some story, some of the story in the past, many years ago, in a distinctly different art style, almost paintedly kind of art style, um, yeah, and, then, and then the modern day stuff is is still like quite this dated art style that you kind of be used to seeing on like a you know a Vertigo book in the nineties. <coughs> but it's really really effective, um, and are great colors by Jason Wordy, who I think yep was the colorist on Abbott as well this week. Um, the uh, the funny thing about this book is I've never seen a Planet of the Apes movie or <laughs> read or anything to do with Planet of the Apes beyond like the odd comic or two. Um, and I think this book is a, a telling of possible, I could be wrong. Uh, it, it's possibly a telling of one of the movies from the point of view of this Ursus character who was a general. Um, and we kind of see like the origin, like the, how, how he meets um, uh, Dr. Zaius. Great. Who, who I know the name of because of The Simpsons. Same. <laughs> um, so I think I would get a lot more out of this if I was a fan of the franchise. But again, just like the um, Simonsbury Labyrinth book that we read at the, that we reviewed at the start of the episode, like this is uh, a really great case of of uh, of, of a creative team doing enough um, for a newcomer to be intrigued by this story to keep reading. It's very impressive. Yeah, really cool. Um, I'm still reading Hungry Ghosts. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I decided against <coughs> it. Uh, this is the Burger Burger Books uh, from through the Dark Horse imprint, uh, written started by Karen Burger. Uh, number two of four of this mini series, which is a uh, horror anthology uh, book written by uh, chef and travel television host Anthony Bourdain, uh, alongside Joel Rose. And this has uh, two artists, um, Leonardo Manco and uh, Mateus Santaloco, uh, with colors by Jose Velabria. Um And uh, we get two 
horror stories in this one. Um, one of them, the second one, is not that great. It's about like a, a, a man. The, the cool thing about this is that both of them actually have ties with food. Oh, okay, yeah. Which was fun. Um, but uh, one of them is about like a the second one, le- less good story, even though it featured great art, is about like a man who starts working um, in the kitchen for some family and... Um, finds out that they're all goblins and he chops all their heads off and then walks around with the head of his goblin. It's kind of oh, weird. Cool. Whatever. But the great story in this, which I think you would really love, it's fucking grotesque. It's about a man who um, suddenly realises he he craves horse flesh. Oh, no. And he eats all of his horses. Uh, um, and But like, horses. but just like, he's just such Does a glutton. He he's such a glutton about it. And it, it is just like, you know, like, Ugh, like disgusting. He, he eats a whole horse oh, no. in one sitting, and oh, and, no. and so that yeah, you just have the, it, you would love it. It's it's this brilliantly grotesque horror story about a man who just loves eating horses, and it's and it's horrendous, and he ends up getting uh uh he's you know, he getting visited by a, a horse a, a, a horse demon. I'll leave cool. it at that. <laughs> and this is like okay, cool. I'm I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to read all the issues of this if if that they have, have if they have the potential to write like really great grisly yucky. Mm. Um, horror stories like this so that's a hungry ghost issue number two um have a flick through it if you uh want to see uh some really really disgusting horse eating <laughs> i always do you ever eaten horse before siobhan no God. I, had, I had horse sushi in japan once oh that sounds so it awful. was really bad because it's quite a like muscular meat and it yeah. all balled up in my mouth and you couldn't oh, it was really hard to swallow that sounds horrible yeah, it wasn't great it sounds really but, uh, horrible apparently horse sashimi is pretty good sometimes though. that sounds nope that sounds horrible <laughs> Uh, chasing Hitler. Guess what, guys? I've read all four issues of it. Did you catch him? No. Well, fucking, <laughs> the whole thing is a setup for another Hitler story. Oh, is it a setup to the Son of Hitler? Is that the one? No, because no. this is published by Red oh Five Comics. And Son There's of so many Hitler comics coming they, out. He, he's a popular franchise. <laughs> uh, this came out through Red Five Comics, written by Haley Nitz, um, with art by Jethro Morales, colors, colors by Mary Enger, and was about two Brit- British um, soldiers uh, trying to... Basically, they, they figure out that Hitler didn't actually die at the end of World War II, and so um, it's their job to try and track down Hitler and Ava Brown, um, who have gone under new aliases. And um, after a, a bloody finale in which Hitler is not destroyed, we learn that Hitler... Um, is a farmer now? Like a... Basically, like, but basically, like, one, basically, the soldier is now being tasked with putting together another force to, force to catch Hitler. So, uh, are we going to get Chasing Hitler again? Chasing Hitler Returns? Chasing Hitler. The more... Too chasing to Hitler. I thought, that, I thought it was a pretty cool concept, but it was way too drawn out and um, and not that interesting, unfortunately. And they never catch Hitler. No. Even if, like, they, they caught Hitler and then Hitler, like, makes a daring escape or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, totally. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of thought this would be a bit, more, bit more succinct. But then and daring escape. I think um, we're supposed to like that. Not a dare, like a like a okay, a, a cowardly escape. Yeah, good. There we go. That's much better. <laughs> uh, so those are the reviews. All the reviews Woo! of um, of the comics. And I forgot to begin this episode by telling everybody that there's more serious issues oh, this yeah. week. With their Patreon episode went up, um, and it was it features Siobhan. Just just me. No no yeah, Levens. Instead me. we get Nate Mendelson, aka. Siobhan's baby daddy. Yep. That's okay. How I refer to him. Uh, the biggest, extremely specific era of X Men fan in, in the world. Yeah. And that Jim is- Lee or nothing else. <laughs> um, and so you guys uh, wrote down 10 questions each mm-hmm. about X Men. Yep. And you ask each other those questions and answer them. Yep. And they include, you know, 
broad things like what are your favorite X-Men runs to extremely specific ones like? Uh, who is the sexiest, Namor or Colossus? Great. And if you want to know that the answers to any of those, uh, you or should definitely... Or which era of Wolverine would you most like to fuck? That was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that was my question. Uh, Patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast is mm-hmm. our Patreon. If you'd like to support us, you immediately get access to a bunch of bonus episodes, most mm-hmm. of which uh, Siobhan and I are recommending graphic novels that have come out. Um, and we're well overdue to do another one of them soon. Yeah. But uh, Siobhan just out of nowhere was like, hey, I did this incredible piece of uh, audio. It's half an hour of just, uh, I mean. Just nonsense. It's, just and it's X-Men really, really nonsense. fun. And, uh, and if you love the idea of no Levens and, and you love the idea of more Nate. Yeah. Guess what? You're in for a treat because I'm taking a week off. Yeah. I'm going to New Zealand and Siobhan and Nate are going to host next week's episode. Sans next me. week's episode? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I did tell you yeah, I know, two it's weeks in my diary. ago. <laughs> and uh, depending on how my holiday goes, maybe the week after that too. Check. <laughs> cool. Um, I got to remind Nate of this. Yeah, um, but uh, you guys, you guys have an incredible chemistry together. Thanks. Um, and that's why you, we made a baby. You, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so yeah, ho- hopefully that baby can shut the fuck up. Um, yeah. In the future. And, well, um, we'll yeah. see. But yeah, I, I'm still going to be reading comics while I'm away, so I might do a little segment yeah, cool. to interrupt um, your, your your podcast with. Yeah, it's probably going to be a really weird episode, guys. Uh, yeah, which is extremely awesome. But yeah, I think I, I always try and not actually give myself a holiday, and like I'll yeah. take like 100 take a hundred comics with me, for fuck's sake. and then still try and do an episode from wherever I am in the world. And I think I need to just for myself and my family's yeah. sake <laughs> stop doing that. Stop doing burpees. Stop reading a hundred comics. I'll a week. never stop doing burpees. <laughs> I've been doing burpees all episode. <laughs> Did you know, Siobhan, that yeah. I am 16 kilos less, 16 kilos lighter than I was when we started this podcast? That's pretty crazy. Pretty wild. I put on a whole baby's worth and then I lost it again. Well done. We're both extremely impressive. <laughs> uh, if, if you I lost to- my baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's, in the, uh, it's in the Dark Horse section of King's Comics. Don't yeah. worry. It'll be fine. Um, so uh, if you want to support the show, again, it's patreon.com slash podcast. And, um, uh, yeah, if you want to get a taste of what it'll be like having no me and mm-hmm. more Nate and lots of Siobhan, uh, definitely go check out their X-Men episodes. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you can find us online, facebook.com slash Serious Podcast or facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Podcast. Try and memorize this because you've got to say it at the end of the next episode. Oh, no. I can write it down for you Let's if you want. <laughs> uh, and we're also we're on Twitter um, at Serious underscore underscore issues, individually Siobhan CBG and at Levdog. Um, and our email address, uh, if you want to give uh, Siobhan some tips for an episode without me, maybe some horrible things that I always accidentally say that you would like her to also say. Yes. Uh, you could all send me the pronunciations that you would like me to say. Mi- the mis- mispronunciations. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially if you can try and construct a sentence that uses the words segue, mm-hmm. tenure, yep. and akin. Yep. <laughs> uh, so Vigilante. Ma- <laughs> what? Do I say lanty? I say, I think it's vigilante. Oh, wait. And you say vigilante. No. Do I? Okay. <laughs> um, vigilante's Peak. <laughs> My favorite Pierce Brosnan movie. Um, it's uh, serious issues at kingscomics.com. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, guys. And uh, enjoy my holiday. I will. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. (laughs) We used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 